Traveling the Vortex. This is Sylvester McCoy, and I'm listening to Travel the Vortex. Although there might be tangents ahead. <laughs> da dee da da da. John Smith, as he defends Farningham, and this is episode number 190. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. I'm Mel. How Welcome, are you guys? Mel. I'm here today. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it is Tuesday. Is it? I'm not sure. Is it still Tuesday? Well, no, no, not now. Now it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. My days all blur together now. I'm on vacation. <laughs> We are recording late this week. Um, Sean and Mel are in Chicago this weekend for our normal recording time, which they will talk about in a little bit. Um, but first, let's get into uh, what we what did, did this, this week. week. Can we go first? Yeah, go for it. Mine's miserable. Yeah. I don't know if you did more than I did or not. <laughs> uh, like let's see. Tuesday, the kids started back to school. No, Wednesday, the kids started back to school. It's a celebration. So Caitlin is, yeah, that was one of the good things. <laughs> Caitlin is, just started middle school. She's in sixth grade. Mason's uh, in his uh, first grade year. So, and everything's going fine there. Actually, it's a lot better on me this year because, number one, I get a little time to myself in the morning. And number two, I'm only going to take one kid to school now because the other kid goes to school um, much earlier when Holly goes to work. So she's oh, just been taking yeah. Caitlin to school and I sense. take Mason to school. So I only have to pack one lunch now. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Um, and then uh, on Thursday, my computer crapped out. <laughs> Actually, I think that happened Wednesday night. I took it in Thursday morning. So it's back and good and golden. And I recommend anybody that has an Apple product to buy the Apple service agreement because I got a nearly $1,000 logic board replaced for free. <laughs> so uh, we're back up and running, and luckily for tonight to record this, although we have access to yours tonight, too. That was my concern that if you guys were going to end up being gone longer and Keith and I had to do a show on our own, we'd, all been, on? we'd all been huddling around <laughs> the rock band mic and around his computer. Although we probably could have used that. Yeah, that's probably true. That that being said, um, for, <laughs> for anybody that's listening to this and the audio quality isn't quite there, uh, Sean might have forgotten. That's going to work that way. It doesn't take the audio in the back that well. Oh. Sean has forgotten his mic. <laughs> Unfortunately, with his trip, he unpacked one element and forgot I, to put I it back in his my bag. bag so we are on tonight. three different mics. Well, we're on we're on different mics than usual tonight. Uh, I think I'm the only one on the normal mic. Apologies, listeners. My so, fault. Plus, we've got Mel here, so we're Yay. just going to have them talk into the mic very closely. Um, computer, then what was the other thing? Oh, Friday. Um, <laughs> Thursday night, legs started hurting. I was having some, you know, pain that I think I've usually had before and just really kind of lived with it. Friday night, uh, it got to the point where I could barely walk. In fact, unless I was sitting down, which I couldn't feel any pain at all sitting down, uh, I couldn't walk at all Friday night. So I went in on Saturday and found out that I've got a bulged disc. <laughs> And it is pushing on my sciatic nerve every time that I would walk. So, ouch! Sounds so they got me thoroughly drugged up with steroids <laughs> to try to take care of that. And no painkillers. Checked in on? Huh? No painkillers. No painkillers. Well, oh. they asked me if I wanted them, and I thought, you know, I'm only in pain when I'm walking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only in pain when I'm walking. When I'm sitting, I'm fine. So I didn't know if I wanted to be all doped up 
all the time not having to deal with pain. Yeah. So I, I, but then, of course, Saturday night I had wished that I had gotten it. But, <laughs> uh, the steroids are working, so I'm, I'm, I'm only getting re- intermittent pain now. Now, are they, are they actually reducing the size that's of the That's what the steroid is supposed to do, supposed is to do? taking the inflammation down. Okay. Um, however, he thinks it's either out of place or bulging, so I'm going to have to go get it looked at again and get an MRI and then get either uh, like physical therapy or chiropractor to look at it or, or we'll go from there. Uh, they said the other option is if the, these steroids didn't work that they'd have to give me cortisone in- injections. But mm, those I'm, are I'm hoping by the yeah I'm hoping by the end of the week <laughs> that I won't have to deal with that. Okay, um, I'm going to hang out my shingle here for a second because as somebody who has had fairly chronic back pain, I'm going to impart on you and our listeners a little. Here's a free tip. Okay, every night before you go to bed, for five minutes you need to stretch. I do. Do you do the cat back? Where you get down on your hands and knees? What's, oh, were you stretching? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't. You, you, you've, you've all seen cats where they kind of, and it's like, how do you do that? You need to do that. Get down on your hands and knees and arch your back as long and hold it for as long and hard. This sounds stupid, I know. It arch it as long as hard as you can, and then relax, and then go back and arch it again, and just hold it for as long as you can, and stretch all that out. I guarantee you, your back will start to feel better. I'll give it a try today. I'm the willing other, to try anything. The, the other thing, and, and the other place where I, because I got a lot of pain in my lower back, and the other place where I tend to get it is up in between my shoulder blades, which comes from sitting at a keyboard. And they yeah. said if you sit, um, you just back away from your desk and just kind of bend over and let your arms dangle between yeah. your legs, and that helps relieve the pressure there. Here's but the, the crazy, cat back is what's Here's the crazy the thing back. about this, though, is that disc is in my back, but I have no lower back pain whatsoever. None. Well, it it's all in my side because of where pushing it's in there. Now, not that those exercises wouldn't help because they might. Yeah. But I have no lower back pain. I have no, I, and I have I have, have periodic back lower back pain from time to time, which is probably a symptom of that problem as well. But um, right now, I have absolutely no back pain. My back is just fine. So, unfortunately, that's the root of the evil right now, and it's right. pushing on a, on a nerve that goes down through my leg. And yeah, that's, that's not a lot of the fun. pain is translating to that mm-hmm. that location. So. Anyway, that was my woes. Um, I didn't do much this weekend. Um, I was going to go to. Uh, I, I wish we. I could have made it. Uh, we had a Doctor Who uh, movie marathon in town this weekend, and uh, I actually every intention of going, I'd even RSVP'd, and then unfortunately, I was in the doctor's office most of the afternoon because there were physicals trying to get done before head of school uh, or sports, and. Then I had to wait at Walgreens, who you shouldn't have to wait if your uh, prescription is called in. But I had to wait, wait at Walgreens for 45 minutes. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So by the time this all got into, and I'm not going to leave, because if you leave, they oh, put yeah. other people in front of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I got the, uh, uh, unfortunately, that ate into most of the marathon. And by the time I got done and I was still in pain, I thought, you know, I'm just not going to make it. Yeah. So, um Hopefully next the next one they do uh, we can get to. Of course, uh, I didn't make it either. Keith so. had uh, anniversary <laughs> yeah, plans, and, and, and Sean was out of town. I didn't make it either. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. We, we talked about it. We had several different things kind of lined up for this weekend. That's like, well, if this winds up falling through, we've got this, 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 and this in standby. <laughs> so, but yeah. Chicago was a little bit of a priority. <laughs> oh, I did work overnight last week, too. I forgot How about that. How was that? Uh, it wasn't bad at all. Um, the, the, the fortunate thing is, and Keith's been living this the last or last week, 
is the last, last two weeks. weeks. Well, yeah. but you've been doing a lot more work on the front end of that than well, once she got trained. Yeah, last week I was just reading. My two days were just, I was really there to support, and I wrote a few stories. <laughs> that oh. was pretty much it. Uh, helped her, you know, rearrange some, some give her some ideas for rearranging stuff. But uh, I just, there was, it, was, it was one of those overnights of, oh, this is how the morning show works. And, you know, it was a lot of observation and learning, but it oh, was yeah. I did very little of anything. The overnights are even worse when you don't do anything. You know, for those two days, it was fine because then I had my evenings off. So, like, I'd go yeah, home and ooh, sleep that's what's nice. yeah. because my mom took the kids in the morning and then uh, till I got home. And the kids let me sleep. So I didn't get up till like, 1 o'clock most days and then was up, had my whole evening. So that was oh, really that's, nice. That's it was nice. like having a day off except for I, when I should have been sleeping, I was <laughs> sitting at work doing nothing. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of nice. I don't. I, 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 by that second day, I was so exhausted because <laughs> what I was doing. You know, well, you uh, we talked about this last week on yeah. on Sunday that I was stay. You know, I had stayed up super late on, uh, or I'd gone to bed early on Friday so I could get up early on Saturday, exhaust myself, stay super late on Saturday night, sleep in on Sunday, and then kind of have adjusted my schedule that way, which worked great because I wasn't tired by the time Monday morning rolled around. I did manage to go home and go to sleep. Got up in the afternoon, had some time to myself, stayed up all night. It wasn't until Tuesday morning <laughs> at about 9 o'clock that I went, oh, this whole body is not meant for this schedule. And uh, went home and crashed for till about 1. And then in the, even in the evening, I was like, uh... You ready for a nap well, again? Yes. <laughs> I wasn't even, it wasn't even so much a nap because I don't think I could have laid back down and gone to sleep. But my body was just, like, wore out. There was just nothing... Almost like recovering from a cold. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's exactly right. It's like yeah. having a flu or a that's cold. That's how I am, like, usually my Friday 2.0. That's <laughs> 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 what I was calling it. It's because I would stay up later and then get up earlier than normal to try to get back to a somewhat normal schedule for the weekend. And so I would be so exhausted from 5 o'clock to probably 3 whenever I went to bed and just out of it for the yeah. most part. So... For a couple of days, it's all right. I just I don't, I don't know how you do it, Keith. Although you've got a little better it's, it's sleep a little easier to dynamic than do I do it for a full week too because you can shift you into, into the, it. Yeah. yeah, by by Tuesday night you may be a little tired, but by Wednesday you're kind of getting the hang of well, it. Well, that was a nice thing for me too, though, is because or you then just start sleeping harder because you're so exhausted. I worked. I worked into Tuesday morning. And then slept Tuesday, but then I didn't go back to work until Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. So I had all that night That's and then all really the next nice. morning. So that 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 helped a lot. Um, and then today, I picked up my computer, Yay. and I picked up. They I had some time, and I I can't do much around the house with the leg, so uh, I picked up the Amazing Spider Man from Redbox oh, yeah, nice. and uh, watched it. And my quick review is: I don't know why it got a bad rap. It is a fun and enjoyable film. It is not villain bloated. It has a lot of villains, but the whole story is one villain They're and used one theme. Sparingly. Yeah, well, the, it, it's one villain and one uh, theme focused, with a few of the extra stuff thrown in to set up what's to come. Yeah, and so they're they're used. Yeah, very like you said, very sparingly. And so I thought it was quite. A, it's not. It was not anywhere near as good as, say, Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain America, um, but I think it was on par with the, at, at least better than the first film. There, there are moments in it where they do things that I go, okay, I'm just going to buy that. But, um, it, well, but it's Spider-Man, a comic book. Kind of yeah. <laughs> so, it wasn't even Spider-Man. 
had the issues with my mind. Well, Did you guys saw it? We actually watched it tonight. Yeah. Oh, the same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, watched, we just watched it tonight, as a matter of fact. Well, yeah. we can go into I will definitely, detail, I will definitely own it for sure. Yeah, we I were. Definitely own it. That's what Sean said when he was filing. He's like, I have no problem owning this movie, and like that unmentionable third one. Oh yeah, and, and there's some things that I wish you could have done differently and spent more time on, like especially his and Gwen's relationship. Yeah. But see, I did. I, 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 f- I felt like there wasn't I, I, enough believability in there. I read a lot of people said that, and I didn't have a problem with that. My, I think here's my biggest deal since we've all seen it. So, spoilers for anybody that hasn't. My biggest problem was it, and it wasn't even a problem. I just kind of just let it wash over me. Was the Osborne thing, the Harry Osborne thing, seemed kind of rushed, but I understand why they're doing it because they're yeah. setting up the Sinister Six. Well, and really, Electro kind of might not have been strong enough. Electro, yeah, um, it might not have been to carry the film. I. The the Harry thing was good, and I, I like the underlying story. But Harry digressed so quickly, and then I think that the, my I didn't even have so much a problem with that. My problem was we've he uses the exoskeleton suit, that's his big thing, and the glider, and we didn't even touch on it. We just showed kind of flashes in him crawling to it, and getting in it, and there wasn't enough establishing that, that this is going to help on his you. Computer yeah. That came yeah. Up and said it needed to say it needed it's this, this will at least will help you life. yeah stay alive yeah. And, but they didn't they didn't choreograph that well enough and so yeah, I think it mentioned the fact that it was neuro um that it it does when he's getting into it yeah. and it shows repairing you yep. know uh, yeah healing you know, critical so you damage come to healing the realization that it would heal him. unfortunately that feels like that if you blinked, you would have missed that. But that was happening. So. Yeah. But that was my biggest problem. So was that healing I even liked the spider the... effect, or was that healing the, you know... No, that was the suit healing him. Well, that's what I mean. Is is, is, the, is the suit healing him from the spider venom, him. or is the suit healing him from this regenerative disease that he's right. got? Because if it's from the disease, clearly it's not why the disease. they put Norman in it? No, it uh, clearly it's not the disease. It's, yeah, it's it must the, be repairing the, what the damage that the spider venom. I know Billy watched it with us, and when the spider came up at the end, he goes, "No, they better not end it like that." Oh no, they did. Oh, they did. So Billy was, you know, he was really looking forward to the right yeah. fight. <laughs> <laughs> he actually called it too. He goes, "Oh, right now." I'm like, "What?" So. I I, I, I I kind of agree with everybody else. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as a lot of people painted it into that corner. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the 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 Gwen Stacy stuff I thought was fine. That was the most enjoyable part of the first film. Yeah, they and had so great chemistry. They did have great chemistry. They, they, they you know really played off <laughs> well with that one in real life. <laughs> I think anything. I, I thought Electra was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was really worried looking at the trailers. I liked the eels. I liked it everybody works. was bothered by adding the eels. I think you know what if you've got. Dr. Connor, who uses a lizard, have you got Spider-Man, who got bit by a radioactive spider? Sure. And electrified eels. Yeah. That's like, yeah. right in par with I, them. I was Everything just really ridiculous. how he was going to be portrayed, looking at, because it, it, it oh, looked... Oh, Jamie Foxx was phenomenal. He was. He was I was so really phenomenal. surprised so it was him. I'm like, wow, so that was Jamie. The, 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 when they show that scene in the trailer with Spider-Man doing the slow motion jump around mm-hmm. and him kind of... Poof, poof, Pop, you know, night crawling his way around with it. It, it just it looked like a Transformers movie. It's like, yeah. oh, this is going to be one of those oh, big um, noisy action, and it wasn't. This no. is it was very well this done. is that slow motion done right. Yes, yeah. this is putting you in the mind of Peter Parker because you always wonder how does spider sense work? How does how, how do you, you know in well, the comic they books the they visualize too, it with the little yeah. squiggly lines? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how, how do you how do you portray that in a film? And this is exactly how you portray that in a film. I'm giving him little squiggly lines. He <laughs> <laughs> just uh, uh, Scott uh, Scott Pilgrim. He just Scott Pilgrim with little squiggly. <laughs> but no, everything about it was really, really well done. Um, 
except for I, I, I don't think it was villain heavy I agree with you that I think the, the Osborne stuff felt like it was kind of shoehorned in. Cause I don't even want to say it was shoehorned. Thing. Well, it was it was, it was a fine rushed. it was a fine secondary story happening. It just seemed rushed. It, it rushed. It yeah. was rushed. It's almost like the infight with the rhino should have been with the Green Goblin instead. No, actually, I like that they did that with the rhino because mm. if you're if you're gonna throw, how many? Minor. Uh, this is coming from minor. comic book guy. How many That's times true. did you set and read a comic book that started out with one? battle oh, between okay. a villain and that wasn't the crux of the story it was something else yeah. and they did the same thing but they just displaced it and put it on the end even though we get Rhino in the in the in the beginning which i think was rightfully so well, but he's not he doesn't have the mech suit up, yet yeah. and so you're just introducing this character so we're not surprised by him at the end well you forget about and him that's what it feels like is it just <laughs> yeah. feels like they took that piece that used to get in the comic books and just kind of put it at the end and i was absolutely fine with that mm-hmm. it really felt like a comic book film to me i think it just there's a there's a natural end point. If, to me, it felt like there was an ending. There was a definitive. We're building up. We get there. We get the climax. We get to the end, but we're not done. We've got other business because we put all these other balls in the air, yeah. and we kind of have to deal with events. Well, and that's kind of the thing. It's done right, though. Well, it's done well. it is and it isn't. I, it, it felt a little bit. Not that it's it's a more enjoyable film, but it felt a little bit like Iron Man two. Iron Man 2 spent too much time setting up Thor and Black Widow and all these other Avengers and not enough time dealing with Iron Man. So that in and of itself, Iron Man 2 is not a movie you can just watch out of the blue and go, hey, let's watch Iron Man 2 and get a little movie out of it because it's a piece of that bigger whole. Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, felt very much like this is where we're going. We're setting everything up for this big overall mythology arc, dealing with all these villains and the Sinister Six and everything that is to come. And I don't know that I'd be able to go back and watch it and just go, Spider-Man movie. You know? Whereas the first one had that. That's the only real complaint I have about it. I I read another article on it later that I kind of agree with some of their complaint stuff. But this was really... It was nowhere near as bad as everybody made it out to be. I found it to be very enjoyable. Not as good as Guardians, but, you know, it was a fun movie. You know what they did right about this, though, is they didn't have three villains that Spidey was taking care of at the same time. Right. They had they they individualized him as soon as he was done with Electro. Then he had that the minor battle with uh, Green Goblin. Yeah. And then as soon as that was over, then we had a little bit of space, and then we had that quick little tease with with Rhino. Yeah. So uh, that's why it worked. That's well, why it doesn't feel bloated. Rhino was hardly barely a villain, and it was more like a cameo. Yeah, yeah. It really I'm was. pretty sure the kid could have took him. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I will say that I, I felt with, with that regard, I felt a little. Eh, kind of cheated by is the so Spidey's got at least some connection to Max not a big one he doesn't really remember who this guy is but he remembered enough he remembered this was the guy with the blueprints which if I was Spider-Man and saving all these people I probably wouldn't have remembered that how many people has he saved from in front of a speeding car we saw at least two in this movie of course Max is a memorable character True. I love the spit, and he spits on his hand, and he fixes his Lick this. Yeah, lick this. (laughs) But, so, then, okay, we've stopped him. We hosed him down. Which, uh, shouldn't electricity, would that really... Once you've grounded electricity, it's done, and water sufficiently grounds the electricity. So, okay, he's done. And Spider-Man kind of walks off and goes off to deal with 
relationship issues. And it's like, what did you think was going to happen to the poor guy? Of course they're going to stick him in some lab and start sticking needles into him. And he, he kind of blows that off like he's not even concerned until he shows back up later to wreak havoc on the city. And it's like, well, that's fine. We're, we're still uh, we're still growing. Though. Here's the thing. Yeah. Is, Spider-Man is still growing as a, as a, as a yeah. hero. Because here's the thing. He's only ever dealt with one supervillain. That's true. Yeah, it's we we get no indication that he has he has battled any other villains in between, with the exception of when he has all the goo over the black glue all goo all over him when he takes the one. Uh, you know they do that montage where he keeps coming home. See, and I didn't get black goo. Season. I just figured it was fighting a fire. There was I didn't realize so, yeah. it until it was like it would look kind of like like running, and I thought I wonder if that was supposed to be an Easter egg mention of Venom. But unless you take the idea that he's been fighting supervillains in between. He's only addressed one. Yeah. Yeah. Electro's his second one. He's still growing, so it's, right. it's not. Those things are not on the forefront of his mind. If it's Spider-Man from today, and we're talking about the comic books, yeah, that's probably the first thing he thinks is, "We, you know, you got to lock this guy up forever." They still come back in the comics, though. <laughs> Joker news <laughs> never goes away. But no, enjoyable foot. Sorry, continue with what no, you. and that's it. That's all I have. That's what I did this week. Back to work. This you're week. on vacation. What did you do this week? Uh, well, going back to last week, uh, he's only two days into his vacation. <laughs> I'm only two days. Into um, Monday, had dinner with my dad for my birthday, and then we Happy watched Happy Birthday again. Thank you. Belated this time. Divergent. Oh, how we was that? Rented that. No, wait. That must have been two. When was that? When did we watch? When did that come? No. Yeah. It came out Monday. last week, Tuesday. We watched it sometime. I think it came out last Tuesday. I think yeah, it was last two Tuesday. Tuesday. There wasn't. No, you're right. It was two Tuesday. Tuesdays. Two, two Tuesdays. My birthday oh, yeah, was Tarzan. Was, yeah, you're right. Uh, so that was pretty good. Sure, birthday with Tarzan. I do apparently, and Hercules. <laughs> uh, have you guys seen that one yet? Nope. Divergent. No. What'd you think? I mean, it was it was okay. It wasn't spoiler. as great as what I thought everyone made it out to be. I, I enjoy Hunger Games much more. A lot of the girls. It, the girl. There, there, there was some really interesting stuff done in it, and it kind of feels like almost Mockingjay, the book, than anything than anything else. And it's just it felt like the bad guy plot was just kind of there at the last minute and didn't quite make sense. And it, it's, it's according difficult. to Sarah, it was that way in the book. Too. Well, that's just so it, it, though. It's you difficult. spend so much time focusing on. Chris and her training and everything, which is interesting and fascinating, and I did not expect it to be what it was. Was watching the trailer, I thought she went into training, and this is this outside thing, and that's why she's there because she's divergent. Right. I didn't realize it was just another section of the community. Right. I didn't know any of that. I went in very uh, ignorant. Well, she's divergent, but she joins uh... a different faction. I didn't know about really the factions and all of this stuff. Um, Why can't I remember the name? I never can Dauntless. remember. Dauntless, yeah. She's Dauntless. So what you're saying is you need you don't to want to be book. divergent. <laughs> no. You don't want to be divergent. Yeah, I, I, I think I got enough out of it without reading the book. So uh, I'd like the book better, I think. That's what, It's, it's, it's difficult for me because I read Divergent, the first book, right off of coming off of Hunger Games and was not wowed by it. I was like, and because unfortunately I had set myself up too much because well, it came Hunger off such Games a good series. Such a... But now that Almost I, anomaly. when I read the book, I thought, oh, okay. When I saw the movie, though, I appreciated the movie a lot more because number one, it was far enough removed about a year since I had read Diversion, yeah. And I thought the movie played it a lot better than the book did because the book I felt dwelt on a lot of things that I just that was uh, what was boring me and dragging the book down for me. Now 
this one I was like, okay, this is a lot better. I, I, I This is the way, if they could have trimmed the book down and, and just did it this way. And they stuck with a lot of the book. I mean, the book, was it's, it's pretty true to the book. Um, so I, I quite enjoyed the, the movie a lot better, and I thought there was a lot of elements that they did well with it. So that's mm-hmm. why it's difficult for me to say, <laughs> because you've just come to it as just the just, movie. Just the movie. I came to it with a better appreciation because I'd read the books. So, yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm... I don't even think Sarah thought it was a movie she must own and would watch a lot, unlike Hunger Games. So oh, see, I, I I think I'd own it eventually. Maybe if it's cheap enough, she might change her mind. I don't know. <laughs> and I haven't asked her again since it's been some time. She usually needs some time to digest the movies and think about them a little bit more. Um, and then on my birthday, we just kind of were lazy and didn't do much. Went and walked around the park and... Uh, That's how a birthday should be. Yeah. Uh, I cooked dinner, cooked tacos and nachos. What? You cooked your own birthday dinner? I like cooking. <laughs> if I didn't like cooking, it'd be an issue, Glenn. So what you should say is, I got to cook. I got to cook dinner. Uh, and then we watched Ender's Game. Which I hadn't... I, I haven't read the book. I know, it's, it's a sin. But it's a sin. I Very. have not read the book. I really liked the movie. I thought good. it was really good. Really good. I, was, I, I knew what it was about. But there was more to it than I expected. And I, I kind of knew the big reveal at the end. I, 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 as soon as, as soon as it started, the, that end sequence, I was like, oh, yeah. I think I know they telegraphed it just a little too hard, but... Maybe. Um, the book was like... What? Careful, I haven't read the book or seen the movie. Oh, my as, God, you mean... It's, as I divulged several months ago that I thought I had read the book, and then when I saw the trailer, I <laughs> went, hey, maybe I haven't well, read this book, and then realized I, I had read a different Orson Scott I don't think there. the trailer really does it much justice, either, explaining yeah. what happens in it. Um, and it's kind of another young adult book where it very much focuses on the, the, the training he goes through, they go through. So it's kind of interesting to kind of go back and see but, a movie based on a young adult book done a while ago and see how much inspiration the current young adult's book I've been still drawing from it. It's kind of neat. Uh, Harrison Ford did a really good job. He's amazing. The, the kid, uh, Asia Butter- Butterfield, something mm-hmm. like that. Yes. Asia? Yeah, Asia. Asia. A-, A S A. Asia Butterfield oh, did a really good job. He, I don't, I don't know quite how I feel about the ending, ending, um, like the last scene. It was kind of like, oh, I don't know what you're going with. Where, that, where I'm sorry, going we're going to do a tech issue here on the air. Is it? You point it straight up because it doesn't stay in there. It needs to be. This is directional, so it's got to be pointing. I think you're well, talking I was, across. I was the thinking top. I could. There you go. He was thinking you would hover but over it. But he's talking across the top of it. Is the okay. Okay. But yeah, I really liked Ender's Game. I don't know if it's one I'd rewatch a lot, but I was really impressed by it. It's a beautifully shot movie. Too, oh, yeah. Right? The, the way, for those of us that have read the book, when they, they described the, the battle school and some mm-hmm. of the did, did zero did G it stuff, it was like, how are you ever going to pull that off? And then they did I, it. It was nice. like, oh, okay, I, yeah, this is exactly what I thought it might look like. I so. was totally amazed because when we first heard that they were going to do the book, we are like, how are you going to you know, give credit to where credits do or show what do needs justice. to be showed because yeah. some of the stuff that they talk about and do is just, it's not word. I mean, it's words on a page is awesome. You can describe it, but putting it to video is just almost impossible. But I think they did a very good job of it. Nice. Um, so, recommend it, Glenn. Watch it. I, I, I definitely will. Read it, watch it. I found it at the library on Blu-ray. It was, oh, so. good. Well, maybe I'll do that. It was one of those books that... <laughs> 
I'm ever, so excited for the film. Have you ever film. returned any of my movies? You could borrow my Blu-ray. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited for the film because I remember reading the book and how great it was. And then I saw the trailer and went, I don't think I read this book. <laughs> and it wasn't until much later that I realized, I think it was Outlander series that I'd read, that I was th- I had that confused. Uh, oh, I must uh, be thinking of a different Outlander. Uh, I, I totally got that confused with, I think it was Outlander was the name of the book that I wrote, wrote or books. Is that the the, the romance time travel? That's the one. That's not Orson Scott. That's not Orson Scott. I don't think it's Orson no. Scott. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's, the, that's a, a woman who wrote that. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is a time travel one, but... This is one that's recently been adapted no, no, for no. a Star's TV and did, series. And did, did no, no, no. has been cast in it? it? Fraser Hines. Did he? Oh, they, that, they named the character after Jamie McCrimmon in oh. the book. Oh, wow. Fraser Hines. Oh, that, no, that's not the one. I, I know what you, I totally know what you're talking about now. No, that's not. So, <laughs> no, this I read like 15 years ago. Oh. Oh, huh. well. Then. About the time that Ender's Game came out, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. You, you picked <laughs> up an older one. I, I, I think it's called Outland, maybe is what I'm thinking of. Hmm. There's you actually three wrote, of them. Because Outland's the Sean Connery movie, and I think that might be based on... Well, see, I've seen the Connery movie, and that doesn't ring a bell either. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Uh, eh, doesn't matter. Oh, anyway, well. I got my books and my movies confused, <laughs> so still have yet to indulge in either. Um, and Sarah got me, for my birthday, a very awesome t-shirt with an ape that says the only good human is a dead human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this really awesome book called Conspiracy of the Planet of the Apes. I saw that uh, show up on your uh, Goodreads. It's got these really... It's kind of graphic novel size, but it's actual image uh, text. But it's got these really cool paintings and uh, diorama... Or not dioramas, just paintings. Panels. So what is the, uh, what is so the conspiracy? Is it is it is it a what text-like it, what it novel? Is, or is it... It's a text novel. What it is is... It's it a picture book. fills <laughs> the gaps in the movie. So, which movie? The original. Okay, and goes beyond that into beneath. Um, so it starts with Liberty One in space and presents this really cool idea that the reason it crashes is because it hit itself. Oh, <laughs> I'm assuming really? they they haven't they haven't said it initially. I'm assuming it's because. Cornelius is crapped yeah. back because the end, looking just at the so picture, they bounced off of each other. Is then taking it out of the ocean. Oh wow! No. And That's so <laughs> that just blew me away right that there. That's awesome. Uh, That's and a the, thousand points of win right there. Yeah. And that's just the prologue. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, it follows um, a police officer, the chief, security chief, gorilla in Ape City, and it kind of is. Uh, explores why they were hunting the humans in the beginning of the film uh, and then it follows Landon a lot and to the point where I'm at um, Landon's been captured and now it's kind of focusing on Dr. Galen and Milo oh. who ends up traveling back with him so, right, right. so it kind of just fills in the gap that's good because those movies need that that's that's always my so cool. biggest problem especially with the setup for escape is, is we, we just explain it there but we don't we don't get yeah, a, and apparently get some of that de- uh, exposition he had a second book planned I don't know if it, as far as I can tell it hasn't been released but what it would have explored was the time 
um, Charlton Heston's character, Taylor, Taylor, is exploring the the zone before he sho- gets captured that's and good, shows up. That's good because that's that's missing from the series. I, as I well. haven't seen yeah. it been released, so it's like ah. Uh, uh, also, I got the prequel to Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the novel, Tales of Trenzalore. Oh, the four, no- uh, four short stories, and I don't know Lucky. if you guys have seen this. Wise words from across the world, uh, space and time. The official Doctor Who quotable. Yeah, I think I saw that at uh, Barnes and Noble. It's pretty neat. Year. It's just quotes from the show broken down into different sections and subjects. Is it um, mainly New Who? Or no, it, is it does is everything. It pretty all encompassing. Oh, really? It's, it, it, it may be a little heavy in New Who, but there's well, here's a page. That has City of Death, City of Death, Face of Evil, Romans, Robots of Death. Other pages, Snowman, Warriors of the Deep, and Full Circle. Oh, okay. Cool. So it, it encompasses everything. It does the first lines and then the last lines at the end. I sat down and like got sucked 30 minutes into it. <laughs> Just looking through it. Don't go spoiling yourself on anything. I don't think it will. I think it'll be fine. Um, else we did, we went to Goddard, Kansas, as part of our... <laughs> part of our uh, anniversary, second anniversary celebrations. And congratulations, by the Thank way. Thank you. We, um, it's a zoo called Tanganyika. I think that's how you say it. It's, it's, it's the most interactive zoo in the state. And so you go in, it's kind of steep on price, but you go in and for a couple more dollars you can feed giraffes. You can feed lorikeets. You can pet kangaroos for free. Well, not free because you pay to get in, you know. <laughs> um, okay. She's showing me pictures that Katrina's apparently really into giraffes right now. Oh, so. yeah. You can, go and, you can go and feed giraffes. I think you can, might, there are days you can feed them at our zoo, too. Um, there's also an area where there's like. Uh, petting zoo, etc., cam- camel rides. And then there's also a section where you can go in and sit with ring-tailed lemurs. Aww. I saw your picture. And then you can pay a couple bucks and they'll put some craisins in your hand and they'll eat the craisins. And so they're just on you. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> was Sarah creeped out? No, she liked it. Really? It was really cool. That was My cool. kids would hate that. <laughs> they would hate that. They're... They would love to go look at the animals. They don't want to have anything to do with touching oh, them. <laughs> it's so cool to see to have one on your shoulder, and then you just kind of sit there, and they're just on your lap, and it's kind of and jumping all around, and their hands are so small and so, like, soft. Yeah, I was going to say, they're really soft. Yeah. Um, like, you can't even feel like if they have fingernails. Like, you can kind of feel it on their back paws, but not on their on their hands. That'd be cool. It's a really, really nice zoo. It's And it's laid out really nice, and there's a lot of room to expand. They've got a lot of animals that you normally don't see um a mandrill they had Rafiki from Lion King oh yeah uh a snow tiger really big giant snow tiger uh and a bunch of other monkey species that you normally don't see it's really impressive definitely worth the trip uh, it's like a two hours and 15 minute drive from here and you set them all free in order to. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. There was a, we were uh, we were looking at one set of monkeys. I can't remember which ones they were, and there was this uh, grasshopper like on the fence, and just out of nowhere, the monkey just whew, flies at the fence. 
Gets the grasshopper? Doesn't get the grasshopper. It just flies at me and lands right in front of me. And so the monkey's just on the fence, kind of looking at me, looking down, looking at me, looking down. <laughs> so I take my map and kind of scoop it up. And, and so he, I, I kind of missed. It went off to the right, but he jumped over, grabbed it, and then ran off and started eating it. Oh, the grasshopper? Oh. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Did you not see the sign that said, do not feed the monkeys? Yeah, he it, didn't he bring would, any food. I it was natural, yeah, exactly. organic. He would have gotten it likely anyways. So Keith just helped out the process. That's right. The grasshopper had escaped. It was beyond the wall. He was probably sitting there going, ah, thank God. Oh, man. Did you see that? It all, Wait, what's this paper? What are you? Ah! And then that was it. Jiminy Cricket with it. Bit his head off, man. <laughs> Circle Y. Circle of Y. Yeah. Evolution of Did you sing? Hi, <laughs> Um, And then we also kind of just piled around on Monday. Went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy again. <laughs> Sarah's idea, actually. Uh, and then today we went and went uh, to Rolling Hills Zoo. Which that's the one that you can drive through, isn't it? No. no. Well, there's a tram you can take. Rolling Hills. It's on the other side of Salina. Yeah, I thought, you, I thought that was a drive-through. That's a drive-through. No. It's, it's not a drive-through. Drive-thru. It's not drive-thru. It used to be. It's it must not. have changed it. There's a there's a tram you can take. Somebody uh, probably ran over a little. They car. must have changed it because you used to be able to drive through it. That was their biggest. I don't. I don't see how it, they must have really changed it from how they initially set up, which has it, that has a lot of uh, unique animals too. Um, it's a very nice zoo, very big, and it was very hot today, so we were exhausted. <laughs> um, not my idea of a good time. I can't think of anything else we did. I think that's it. Tell you've been pretty busy for vacation. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and now uh, I get to relax. Sarah goes back to work tomorrow, so so she's had a few days off. Yeah, today. she took Monday off, and she normally has Tuesdays off. So well, that's cool. So we, we got to have a three day weekend together, and I actually got up with her when she got up at nine o'clock in the morning. What? So, yeah, you were up at nine? Yeah. So wow. It's been nice. And now I'm going to rearrange the apartment the rest <laughs> of this week. So I'm, since my desktop died, I'm going to get rid of the desk and so rearrange. Oh, you're... <laughs> Might as well. Sean, what'd you do this week? I worked a lot. Um, had a couple open and closes because I was gearing up for a vacation and uh, took a little bit of time off last week and a whole week this week. This week was planned, you know, scheduled official vacation time, so a couple extra days last week were why I worked all those open and closes. And we, I got out of work Thursday about 5, and we ran home and changed and jumped in the car and went to Kansas City, where we had tickets to see a concert. We saw Rod Stewart and Santana. I saw your pictures. On stage. I was a bit was, jealous. It was pretty awesome. And had you not been working, it it turns out I had an extra set of tickets, oh, did you? so you could come. Yeah. But I knew you were working, so it's like, I can't call one and ask. Thursday? Yeah. No, I didn't work Thursday. You didn't work Thursday? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't <laughs> let me feel bad. Yeah, I, no, why? No, I, I felt I, bad I those tickets went to waste anyway. Yeah, but um, I've never seen Santana in concert, and he puts on a heck of a show. In fact, I was almost kind of thinking, I was. I, first of all, I was a little surprised, actually, that he was the lead-off. I kind of thought maybe it might go the other way, but uh, I guess Rod's a bigger name. 
or they flipped a coin or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but when he came out and rocked pretty nonstop solid for an hour, what, an hour and 20? Hour and 20 at least, yeah. Um, and then Rod came out and started doing some of the softer <laughs> Rod stuff. Not, not like a ballad, but some of his softer rock. Right. It was almost like... Your your warm up band was too good, you know, because I'm I'm at this level and you're not oh, yeah. quite there yet. But then I think they consider those double bills. I don't think they really consider warm up bands at that point. But uh, but Rob ramped it up there toward the end, and, and he was he was one. And this is I we think figured out the third time now that I've actually seen Rod Stewart in concert. Hmm. And yes, I'm a geek. I like Rod Stewart. I have no problem with with announcing that. But it was a, it was a really good concert. What does liking Rod Stewart have to do with being a geek? Just kind of part and parcel. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I also like ABBA, so let the insults fly. Ooh, I love ABBA. Um, I'd never been to the Sprint Center. That was kind of cool. Oh. Um, big, big venue. Yeah. Big venue. Love to see Hawk. I've never been up in the seats. We, I've heard we they're were, steep. They, they were very, very steep. When we came, when they opened up the curtains, you know, because we are, of course, you know, up in the. Not, not, yeah, well, no, not quite nosebleeds, but yeah, we were up there. You can still see pretty well from up there. Yeah. But you Your pictures look pretty good there. from where you were yeah. at. We opened up the curtains. I, I'm not a fan of heights. I'm not terribly, you know, scared of them, but I'm not a fan. Man, I thought I was going to lose it when I looked down those steps. We've got to walk down there. <laughs> well, hold on to the railing. Hold on tight. Yeah, it was scary yeah. going down the stairs that first time. Beautiful arena, though. Man, I'd like to have get a hockey team in there. <laughs> uh, so you can see where it would sit and just it would be oh. So you know what it's like when basketball is No. <laughs> you can't do basketball in arena because it's an itty-bitty little thing and it's like there's so much around it. That's not, hockey just funk and it would sit there. You could, you know. Hockey, uh, a hockey is it rink the same size? No, hockey rink eats up a lot more space than a basketball court. But yeah, basketball courts, they always put the court, and then there's like 16 rows <laughs> of chairs. And yeah, they're, they're a little bigger, but they're not that much bigger. They're so much bigger. Anyway, uh, so we did that. And then uh, Friday morning, we spent um, <laughs> finalizing plans to figure out whether or not we could go or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, for, for anybody who doesn't know, because I don't think I've really talked about it, we, mm-hmm. we, we kind of had this mad idea that we found out last minute that there was a Stargate convention, an official, uh, the official Stargate uh, well, convention. Well, at British Fest is where we found out. Yeah, at British Fest. Um, and it's up in Chicago, and it was this weekend. And we had kind of sort of made some tentative feeler plans about maybe trying to go to WizardCon, which was coming up this coming weekend. So then we hit upon this insanity of, well, wouldn't it be cool if we could go up and we'll go and we'll go up and do the Stargate Con and, of course, we're going to be in Kansas City for the Rod Stewart concert on Thursday anyway. So we'll just get a hotel and we'll fly out first thing Friday morning. And we'll go to the Stargate Con. And then we'll just spend a week hanging out in Chicago. Yeah. And then go to Wizard Con on Saturday and yeah. knock out a couple autographs and fly home. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, yeah it didn't wind up happening. <laughs> it would have been fun. It would have been, been a lot been of fun. fun. <laughs> but uh, so we, we were able to do the front half of the trip. Um, so we... we <laughs> Booked our airline three hours before the plane left. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> but those tickets cost you. Not really. It wasn't too um, bad. And not as bad as it could have been. Were they standby? No, no, no. We were, we were guaranteed. So sometimes the tickets will go down if they haven't filled a plane too. So you could actually get a good deal. On that was kind of my argument. 
It happens. It happens. Well, you know. We got. I think we we were lucky. Not as lucky as we would have if we would have booked it three months ago, yeah. like we wanted oh, to. Oh, you definitely would have got better prices. Here, explain this logic to me. So you've got like some seats left on the airplane, which means it's mostly full. So if I come along three hours before you're getting ready to leave and book a flight, shouldn't it be cheaper? <clears throat> because there's one more person to split that cost. Now, if the plane was flying for just me. Yeah, I'd expect to pay a lot more because I'm the one footing the bill, the bill for all of this fuel. But if you've got a plane full of people, there's 300 of us, 100 of us, how many people you can fit on an airplane? You should split that cost evenly. 300 people? Okay, divides by two? You can do that. That should make this a really cheap flight. But it doesn't work that way. No. But it should. <laughs> anyway, so we booked our flight and, and, and went up there and uh, um, landed in O'Hare, which I'd never been to O'Hare. <laughs> you're just flying to Midway, don't you? No, I've never actually flown into Chicago. Period. Oh, I've driven were, into Chicago. In, I don't yeah. drive in Chicago, which is why I decided to fly this one. Um, I think so we flew into Midway. They, 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 they arrived in Kansas City late, so our departure was delayed. They got out of Kansas City late um, and then thought they might have made up some time in the air. Touched I don't down understand how you can make up time in the air. Sure. Why don't they go in full speed to begin with? <laughs> yeah. So if you're not in a headwind. No, they usually don't fly, fly full speed because of... Uh, Portals. <laughs> That's how they do it. Because of uh, jaunts. Because of um, fuel and costs. No, cost some more money. <laughs> open her up wide open. And then when you wouldn't even get... But, uh, so we touched down, and we thought they'd made up about 10 minutes of, of all that, and then get to, you know, and of course, I don't know if you guys have been to O'Hare, you taxi forever. You have to, like, taxi across one thing, and then you go over a bridge, like over a highway to another set of runways, and then you taxi <laughs> some more, and then you have to make a left turn and cross over the underpass where the buses come through, and you go over this, to finally get up to the terminal. Only to be told, oh, wait, there's somebody in our spot. We have to sit here and wait. Yeah, there was an airplane already at our gate. We couldn't get into it. Mm. So we sat on the tarmac in Chicago for another hour. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 40 they, minutes. 40 minutes. Almost, almost an hour before they finally got us in there. And that sucked. But then we got out, and we were able to, you know, we kind of looked at the bus situation, catching the tram to our hotel, and then walking to where the actual res- uh, uh convention was and we like screw it we're going to take that tram so we hopped on the tram to go to that hotel and walked into the convention and bought our tickets and we've got our suitcase and everything as we're walking through the dealer's room and doing all this <laughs> stuff with the suitcase we were one of those people that we drug our luggage through that con because tony mendola 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 was there only friday night and i was not going to miss Braytech. <laughs> not going to miss him so I don't know how many of our listeners are Stargate fans as well, but we, we are, and we had a great time. We had a lot of fun. It was a little different. Uh, there were only, I, we're kind of still waiting to hear on the official numbers, but they said they were anticipating about 1,000 people. So it wasn't a huge con. No, that's um, not bad, though. But, uh, nice, intimate setting. It, it was nice and intimate, although it was still because it was run by creation. Not that they did a bad job at all, mm-hmm. but it was very much processing plant. Get in, get your stuff, sure, you know, yeah. move along. There was no interaction with the stars at all. And I haven't gone to Galley for two, three years. I totally appreciate that now because, you know, yeah, I got my picture taken with uh, uh, Michael Shanks and I got my our picture taken with David Hewlett. But 
you didn't get, and we got their autographs too, but it was no, you don't talk, talk get your yeah. autograph and get out. And it's like, but. Even going from Planet Comic Con to Wizard World, it's kind of that way. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's, I don't know, yeah, it's just yeah. The summer cloud. And I mean they they tried. They genuinely tried. You could tell that they were they were wanting to wanting to do a little bit more, but well, that's see why they have to be so stringent with that kind of It's gotta be boring for the actors to just sit there and well, sign hi, yeah, well, thanks and for coming. They started the autograph sessions at seven and David Hewlett didn't wind up finishing until twelve thirty. Oh my. Well yeah. I, I, so, I can understand it for the guy who's only there on Friday. Yeah, yeah. The weekend people no. Yeah, Jason Momoma, he was there. Um, he, he he was there Saturday and Sunday, and he wasn't afraid to have fun and tell them what he wanted to do and when he wanted to do it. <laughs> Jason Momoa, now, for those of you who don't know, Jason Momoa plays the Wookiee on Stargate Atlantis. He's the nine-foot-tall warrior with the dreadlocks and the uh, and he's very <laughs> few words, a lot of action. That's kind of his thing. You'll also know him from Game of Thrones. You'll also know him as Kyle Drogo from Game of Thrones, and he was in the Conan remake, and apparently he has now officially been cast as Aquaman, <laughs> and he dodged every question about it very artfully. Yes, he did. It was an amazing thing to watch. Although I heard recently that he didn't dodge it so well and confirmed he was in Batman, Superman, Donna Justice. That what I think is all they've allowed him to talk about. Oh, okay. Or because he screwed up on that one, they kind of put the hammer down on that him and he be. dodged everything. That could he be why. But the, 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 they, they had the other guys from Atlantis on stage together, and they were kind of all. And apparently, his plane didn't. Momo's plane didn't come in until later. Mm-hmm. So these three guys are Josh, and they have great chemistry. They were a lot of fun together, and it, it was just it was very enjoyable to see them interact. And all of them are dogging on Momo. And, and just having a blast hilarious. with it, and you know, oh, talking yeah, about his here. characters, a uh, man of few words, and er, er, caveman, er, caveman grunt. Anytime anybody did an impression of him, it was caveman grunt. Me want beer, you know, and this kind of stuff. So then Moma comes out, and man, if that's just not exactly who he is, he's just—I mean, he's very lovable, but that's just his. Is he as big as he looks? Oh, oh he's huge! <laughs> and I can attest to this, because yeah. I had the fan moment of, like, forever. So, we were uh, at the autograph thing, and of course, we had bought our tickets late, because we didn't know for sure we were going, so we didn't buy them online or anything. We purchased a physical ticket for the autographs there. So that means we get to go last. last. Mm-hmm. So all the gold people get to go, and then all, all the silver, silver people get to go, and then all the people who bought their tickets online with PDFs got to go, and then they called the tickets. So I was like, well, we're standing, we're sitting here for four hours in the convention hall while everybody else is in line. So we met some nice people and chatted with them and whatnot. I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom. And I was coming out, and I reached my hand out to open the door, which pulled in. And the door exploded inward. (laughs) And I hear, (laughs) and there is this mountain man in front of me. And it took my brain a moment to process this, because all I could see was T-shirt that said, part wolf. Which is what he was wearing when he was up on stage. He's huge. He's he's taller than I am, and I stand six four. And you're, you're not small. I'm not a small man. This guy's biceps. If he were to like do the Hulk clap, you could crush a man's head in between his arms. His biceps are that big. He's built like a football player. And he had he was like uh, you know those Samoan uh, or samurais that have the hair up in the ponytails. The yeah, he had his hair pulled up in a top knot, but he had still had hair hanging down, and it was like. Did he have a toothpick in his mouth? 
heard no. that was his No, name. he had a beer in each hand every time he turned <laughs> He didn't but have room for a toothpick. He, he, he's, he's cackling to himself, and it takes my brain a moment to go, oh, <laughs> Jason Momba. And he laughs as he smiles at me and, and to go do his business. And then I came back and relayed the story, and he came hauling butt back from the thing. Apparently, he had just gotten to that point where he was like, I'm done signing autographs, i got to go pay. And he ran off. <laughs> he came back, and they handed him another beer, and he picked up his pen and went to work on it again. <laughs> and that's just who the guy is, and he's a lot of fun. Uh, he just, you know, so. Um, Someone asked him on the one of the panels, so do you ever have any problems with fans? He goes, no, everybody's pretty much afraid of me. <laughs> The next day we had uh, Michael Shanks, who uh, played Daniel Jackson in the series. He was also on Burn Notice. I have never laughed as hard at uh, a, a, a panel Q&A hmm. as I did at his and felt so awkward at the same time. <laughs> there was this sweet older woman. She wasn't old, but she was probably mid-50s. Mid-50s. Who got up and asked him... I don't, I'm not spoiling anything of it. It's at one point in time, the the um, the series in the story arc of the series, Daniel winds up ascending. He becomes an ascended being and actually leaves his physical body and then comes back later. And she asks him because it's science fiction; you can always come back. Yeah. So she asks him, in your role as Daniel Jackson, did you study or research a lot on how to ascend? <laughs> I have a whole roll of film. Of the facial reactions that he went through trying to come up with a response to this. He sat there for a good two, three minutes just dumbfounded as to what to say. And when he finally opened his mouth, he goes, so when you mean ascension, are you meaning like, like what? Because he just, he couldn't talk. He was dumbfounded. Like, for reals? Or for reals? She goes, you know, ascension. Like, the leaving your body part. He goes, on the show? And she says, no. Like, did you really research the real stuff? (laughs) (laughs) And he sat there for another three minutes making faces. And the audience is roaring. We're dying. But trying to find a way to help the poor guy out. You know, because he just... If we he doesn't want to say no, he would have helped him. Well, yeah. we would have figured that one out real quick. But he, he finally kind of got away from that one. Well, and he got away from it, and then wound up coming back to because she she kind of gave up. She was like, "Okay, I'm done." And he's like, "No, no, no, come back up here. I, I, I really want to know." So when you say ascension, you mean? I was like, "Oh God, don't please open this can of worms again." And he went there, and she tried to explain herself, of you know. Uh, and I, I, I genuinely believe that she is a student of attempting to ascend oh. and become a greater being. <laughs> to which he replied, I read the words they gave me. And <laughs> finally left yeah. it at that and walked off, you know. Oh, man, it was such a hoot. And he got another one from this lady, um, younger lady, that asked if... It was his choice, or was he made to shave his bodily hair before taking off his shirt? (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) He finally says, you guys are going to get the giggles today. This isn't a QA. and a This is all, let's just screw with him. You got together and talked about this beforehand, right? You know what my response to that question would have been? What makes you think I had body hair? <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, he, um, yeah, he did go there because he goes, let me show you something. And he reached for his belt buckle <laughs> and he started to 
And he goes, no, no, no. Those tickets weren't that expensive. Forget it. <laughs> he was just an awesome character. I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> didn't get to hear many answers to questions because everybody was just laughing so hard. Yeah. And then Paul McGillan, poor man. Um, some of these characters, um, some of these guys haven't seen each other since Stargate ended. Mm. Like Jason Momoma and um, Joe Flanagan and um, Paul McGillan and uh, David Hill hadn't seen each other since it ended. So... Other than at cons. Uh, other than at cons. And uh, Jason Momoma, when he's like, I'm done! You know, he signed all his autographs. And he got up there and he had two beers. And Paul McGillan came up on stage from behind stage where he was signing autographs. And he's like, what? 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 <laughs> there was a definite moment like, what, you're here? You're done already? I've still got... So they gave, you know, had a big, big hug on stage. I was like, I finally get to see you. Okay, go drink and I'll catch up with you later. <laughs> But as Sean stated earlier, they'd been signing autographs since 745. By the time we got up to see them, each of them, it was around midnight or so. So you're talking four hours, four and a half hours. Paul McGillan. That's commitment on the stars' parts, though. It was. Well, he was feeling no pain. (laughs) Had enough beers. No, he was drinking wine, and he was not feeling. He was a little glazed. (laughs) He was so, he was, honey, sweetie, darling. You know, he was, he was awesome. <laughs> it was really cool. I mean, you didn't get to talk to him or anything, but um, I got, all, we got all the autographs with the exception of um, Weir and, uh, uh, <clears throat> boy, I totally went blank on her name now. Um, um, the other one. Yeah, the other, the other female character. All, all but two characters from Atlantis. Yeah, in my entire picture, I got all the autographs nice. now. So, And we got those. And th- this is going to give you an idea. We had um, we ordered pizza. What, what was the DiGiorno? Di, di, di what is it? Not DiGiorno, but... Um, G- it starts with the It's G. not delivery. It wasn't delivery, for sure. Well, actually, it was delivery, but it was um, not that. Uh, DiGiorno's, I think. Was, I saw the sign G. on you. You take it a yeah, picture. Yeah, it, it had a D in it, but it was DiGiorno's. Yeah. Whatever. It's like there are two pizza places that are like regarded as the creme de la creme of Chicago deep dish pizza. There's this one, and then there's Gino's East, which is downtown. Now, we had Gino's East when we were in Chicago last time. I was not terribly impressed with Gino's East. In fact, I think locally, Villa's does a better deep dish pizza than what mm-hmm. Gino's East did. This place, oh my god, this was like <laughs> the best ever. It was a phenomenal pizza. See, that's what Jason Momoa, after four and a half hours of signing autographs, <laughs> that's what his autograph looked like. It was, yeah, he was, yeah, this is a J and that's an M and that's an O and that's about all you can make out of that one. And he took half, he took up a big part of the corner over there, too. <laughs> nice. There's only two left, huh? Only yep. two left for only that Only Taylor. Taylor and Weir. Are Taylor, the t- thank you. Taylor and Weir are the only two left. But so we did that all weekend, and then... Um, decided, since we were going to have the rest of the week off um, when we got back, that Monday we were going to go ahead and go sightseeing. So we uh, uh, hopped a, an elevated train and went into downtown Chicago and then hopped on a double-decker tour bus, and they took us all around and uh, saw the sights. And I love Chicago. There is some phenomenal architecture. Uh, it's a really cool city. Um, it's very clean. Uh, which in a way is kind of surprising. Uh, you learn a lot about how you know the Chicago Fire kind of 
how the city was named Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and why it's as clean as it is now because of that, hmm. um, which is fascinating. And, and you know, for, for one of those East Coast industrial cities that's on the Great Lakes, because there's a lot of industrial stuff on the Great Lakes, and it's dirty and nasty and smokestacks, and Detroit is a great example, Pittsburgh, um, and, and stuff like that. And it's not to slight anybody who lives in these areas at all, but just <laughs> you, you, they, they, I've been through these all areas. All opinions of Sean's are shit. Yeah, not opinions of the Vortex. I used to live there, Flint, Michigan, let me tell you. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean. So if you go to Chicago. up there <laughs> in Indiana, even, that happened. If you go to Chicago, we highly, highly recommend the, the double decker tour bus. It's well worth the money. You get so much for it, um, and it's just enjoyable. And it includes a night tour too, to where you can come back at the nighttime and get to see the city at night. Oh, nice! With no additional cost. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, so, the, the last time we were there, we did a, uh, a river architecture tour where they actually put you on a boat and drive up and down the river, and then you go out onto Lake Michigan. And what's cool about that is that we timed it just right, where it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And so we went up and down, and they showed us this building, that building, blah, blah, blah. And then you got out on Lake Michigan right as the sun was setting and the lights of the city were coming up, which meant none of your pictures turned out because you're bobbing up yeah. in the water. <laughs> but it was gorgeous. This, a little different. The the, the tour bus was fine because, of course, you're up on you're up top, and there's breeze in your hair and all that kind of stuff. And uh, then at night when the, the city lights, it's all street lights. So you can't really <laughs> see anything through your pictures anyway. <laughs> But it was still a gorgeous experience. And you learned a lot about the city of Chicago, yeah. how it was named, and how they turned their stinky problem they had with the river around. It was just really cool. Hmm. And we came back today. Um, and then I got word that apparently there's been uh, an incident at work, and I may have to cancel our oh, my vacation yeah. to go back yeah. to work. So that That's part of it kind of sucked. But, you know, otherwise than that, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good trip, and it was fun to get away for a while. Well, let's quickly move through our news items and some feedback, and then we'll get into our reviews for this week. First bit of news, they've released a new trailer for specifically Deep Breath. <clears throat> dinosaurs. <laughs> the dinosaurs are in Deep Breath, because I haven't yeah. I've been off the grid. Oh, you, you haven't seen the trailer? Bit. I haven't seen the trailer. Oh. Is it good? It is pretty good. Does it excite you? It, it excites me. Because I'm of the excited. dinosaurs? Mostly because of the dinosaurs. It, it, it very much gives the feel kind of like Christmas Invasion, that the Doctor's kind of going to be not himself and post-regeneration weirdness. Cool. More so than 11th Hour, which wasn't really that much. So, Believe it or not, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't <laughs> seen it either? No. I thought for sure I, you haven't Did you guys see the other thing I posted to the website, the trailer? This wasn't a news, I just remembered it. Somebody created a trailer for Day of the Doctor... In the style of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I did see that. I did see that. One. It's awesome. <laughs> Something we forgot to mention last week. Did anybody see the animation? The animated open for uh, I didn't. Doctor I saw the picture. I didn't see it. Adorable. I, I did see it. Yes. So set and watch that. That would. T I would. T I, even now. I mean, I. I would ate that up as a kid. But even now, <laughs> I'd watch that. It show. has that. Um, Foster's home for imaginary friends. Yeah, yeah. Feel oh, okay. to the way the, the animation flows. It was very cute. Sorry, that wasn't us finding something that we had seen that you had. But <laughs> that was just I forgot we had forgot to talk about that last week. In other Series 8 news, there's some casting announcement for the finale. Chris Addison is going to be in it. Who 
start across uh, Peter Capaldi in the thick of it. Oh, really? So, you know who that is? Uh-huh. Okay. So those who have seen the thick of it know who this is. The rest of us is kind of my... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was pretty cool. News. It's, it's neat that it's somebody that has been with him before. Yeah. yeah. And I think certainly that's probably something that... that, that Execs looked at it. That, that, that's clever casting, oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure that Capaldi had something to do with that because I'm sure they're good friends. So. Mm-hmm. That's all I have for news. You guys, you guys had the rest. <laughs> oh, we did add those, didn't we? We did add those. Um, well, I added a little bit of news, and the only reason I'm saying this is because I want to do another face palm. Um, a <laughs> third episode. <laughs> the third episode has uh, leaked online. And uh, no, to no surprise, it's come from the same crop as everything else did. So there's really no new news there. I just think every time one of these things leaks, oh. I'm going to bring it up. So I went to the White House again, <laughs> and I met the president again. Hopefully, BBC Worldwide, BBC America, BBC, all these, all these BBC entities are getting their ducks in order and their houses in a row in order to, uh, or that's backwards. Yeah, um, we know what you mean. Time and tide melt the snowman. I tell you, the, there, the, there's a great section in the quote book of all of Sylvester's oh, is there? of Seven's misquotes from uh, that Ronnie episode. Um, the, the, the the encouraging thing is is that there have not been a lot of spoilery this got things even out there. Publicity that I yeah. Saw. yeah, and there's not and the fans are are abiding by the please don't spoil rule, and I, I appreciate that yeah. from fans. So that's a thank you from me to you. It's getting harder because of the people that have seen it legit with the world tour yeah. going oh, yeah. on. Yeah. That but they are starting to talk yeah. about it with deep breath. And yeah. it's kind of like, okay, I can't fault you so much because you're talking about something that you've seen in, in a legitimate setting. This isn't directly why I haven't watched the deep breath, trash, deep, no, deep breath trailer yet. But as a result of now that the world tour is happening, people have seen this, I've been trying to kind of stay away from Doctor Who news. That when this came down, I I was aware of it, but wasn't hip to rush to to watch it because I was still in that mode of, okay, I'm staying out of this until Saturday, and then I'll I'll indulge in some of the more of that Saturday. Saturday. It's Saturday. Um, the one piece of news that I couldn't avoid this week hearing was <laughs> a little. This really isn't even news because right now it's just a rumor and it's an unsubstantiated report so far that Jenna Louise Coleman is possibly leaving after the Christmas special. Now, take it with a grain of salt. This is the Mirror in the UK reporting this information. They allegedly have a source close to production that has given this infor- this information at BBC, and they're reporting it. And when it first came out, and it was just the mirror saying it, I, I was hoping it wouldn't get a lot of traction. But unfortunately, such is the nature of fan reporting. A lot of the, the fan sites, and I don't fault them for this. They're all they're all doing what we're doing. We're obviously bringing the news up now in our news section, but the, but the what happens is is that now the perception is out there because it's been spread so much that it's giving it almost a little more validity within the community, even though it's not still not 100% accurate. And the BBC has not. And the, they have not. Yeah. And, and unfortunately is the mirror of 
every ten items they put out about something with Doctor Who, they seem to get one or two right. <laughs> and I think Keith was right in remembering when we talked a little off mic that they were the first ones to report that Jenna had been cast. Yeah. And so there's there's always that minute possibility this is right. I think the the unfortunate problem with this is is that I bet the BBC this I, I almost lean towards this is probably true. The BBC was probably holding off though, and well, announcing this bef- until the momentum for the restart uh, of the series got over, and they could announce it about midway. Yeah. Unfortunately, what this does is it, it. I I thought it would force the BBC's hands to announce something sooner than they wanted to, and it still may. But they are saying, just wait. <laughs> So. They're, just, they're saying, watch the season and find out. Right, it right. Pretty right. much. Which, that statement almost sounds like your answer is going to lie in the season, mm-hmm. to me. Well, so, it, it almost... They won't be able to keep their no. mouth shut long if it's going to... If, if it is indeed true. And it almost, I don't think that's something you can surprise within the series. Well, no, because, I mean, they're going to have to... If she's leaving. Which, okay, first of all, let's deal, let's deal with that. I don't care to know one way or the other. I'm with you. I'm going to watch it and let this stuff unfold. But because we are in the business of what we're doing, we're going to find out. We're a little, plugged in. You know, we're plugged in. We're going to find out about it ahead of time. There's going to be an announcement that she's officially leaving. There's going to be a casting call. There's going to be a search right. for the new companion. All this is going to be news. So when that happens, I'll take it a little more seriously. Right. Just on the face of everything that we've seen, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, she's been around yeah. for two years. It's been kind of the the standard run of that. Is it unfortunate? Yeah, because I really think Clara. Now, of course, I haven't seen season eight yet, but I think Clara as a character has been a little shortchanged just by some of the storytelling elements that have gone into this. And I'd like to see her have some time as a full fledged companion and not a plot device. But having said that, I don't know what's going on in season eight. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen. I think that's what we're all doing is just kind of waiting and seeing what the, what the BBC's next move is. And, uh, yeah, what, what well, happens from and, here. And it almost seems that the mirror ran with the story also because it's ahead of the season and any Doctor Who news is going to make clicks. Yeah, right. And that's exactly what this is. That's what is. they did. This is selling magazines. This is getting click-throughs on ads. This is getting all of that jazz that... that that brings because they're they, you're, Keith's right. They're running on the momentum of the new season starting. And if only we didn't have so much ethics, we could start making different. stuff up. <laughs> and, right. speak, speaking of, did anybody hear about the announcement of the uh, uh, what the lost, if anything, had been recovered, or what the proposed? We talked about it last week that there was supposed to be something coming up that they were going to talk about the next day at this. And, and, and we speculated that maybe it was some more lost episode oh, stuff, the, and then uh, I never heard at what it was the television. Um, oh, what's the name of the organization? No, yeah, I, I that one. I, I never heard anything, not, so I not, figured well, nothing came of it. That's what I assumed as well, since I, I didn't hear anything. Either. That yeah, it was be, would be no Doctor Who. So. <laughs> my my Facebook stream did not. I think explode it's Dad's <laughs> with, with oh my God, they found this. So I just kind of wrote it off and went. Yeah. Oh, well, apparently it nothing came happened. up. In big banner letters that said. Dad's Army episodes found. More Dad's Army episodes. Crickets. <laughs> I'm sure there are some fans of Dad's Army out there. I, I might even be a fan of Dad's Army. Oh, we should also it. point out that they've officially released episode titles for the all of Series 8 if you're interested to go look for it. 
Yeah, we're not. And we're not going to say them because they can't be a bit. And, and please don't people. post them to our Facebook page, yeah, please, so uh, <laughs> other people don't avoid it. And there's no, so also, that other people can avoid. Yeah, it. that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also an uh, interview with Moffat, who kind of breaks down and gives little quotes and synopses about each episode. That's out there, if you want to go find it. I don't think they're all that spoilerly, but I, we're, we, I, I, are, we are erring on the side of caution. I gleaned a bit more from the season than I thought I would from it. Okay. Are they going to explain that trans-temporal screwdriver? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Without a beat. Improv. Yes. Sean, why don't you bring the news table? Well, kind of sort of speaking of casting calls, there has been a casting call for an actor to play Tom Baker. Uh, the Letter is going to be a biopic that is uh, currently in pre-production, uh, a one-off drama, um, and it's about a how a chance letter to the BBC when working as a builder's laborer led Tom Baker to becoming the most iconic Doctor Who, and they are apparently looking for somebody to play Tom Baker in this biopic. Mm-hmm. There's been some uh, announcements of some cast. I didn't recognize any of these people. Do we, well, do we uh, recognize who's directing? I'll tell you. I don't think they've announced any of that. Yet. I bet you don't Just recognize any of those people because Tom has an, a unique look and a unique style. And I really think they're probably looking for somebody that doesn't have, that, that isn't a star. Because if you think through your, oh, yeah. your oh, entire yeah. catalog through your head, well, you, can you think of anybody that could play Tom? That could play Tom? Stephen McGann. I yeah, can, I, I can see that. that. <laughs> I can see that. Just off the top of my head. But, but, but really, I mean, so I think what they're <laughs> the doing is they're looking for somebody yeah, that yeah. can just kind of knock it out of the park. Yeah. Like, I think they were they were very lucky with David Bradley as far as playing yeah, exactly. William uh, yeah. um, Hartnell. So. Um, oh, wait, I, ba- I let me back up. I've read this completely backwards. <laughs> the role of Tom Baker has already been cast. It's everybody else that they're looking for. <laughs> oh, that's wow. that's a whole, that's a whole different that's a story. Whole different story well, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Who's playing Tom? They Baker? haven't announced it. They've apparently they, they cast he, him, he's but cast. It's not, oh. they, they are looking for somebody to portray Liz Sladen and and Ian Martyr and Louise Jameson and Lala Ward and Matt Smith and Stephen Moffat and Terrence Dix and Barry Letts and so apparently oh. it's, it's going to encompass a fairly sizable chunk of Tom's life. If they're going to get actually Matt Smith and Stephen Moffat, you would think that would be an easy way to do that, but. I don't know. <laughs> is Tom Baker actually going to be involved? Uh, I haven't heard. Okay. You know, you know as much as I do at this point. So, so they might be looking for an old Tom Baker. So, too. if any of you have acting cred, um, I don't look like enough like any of those people. So, uh, you don't have to look like them. A little makeup, fine. <laughs> Prosthetics can do wonders. Yeah, yeah. But if any of you are looking for acting jobs and you'd like to be involved with Doctor Who in some way, shape, or form, maybe you can get your start here. Go for it. And our last bit of news, Doctor Who Legacy News. Let's talk a little Doctor Who Legacy News. You know what this woman did the entire time on this trip <laughs> when we weren't in an autograph line? Played Doctor Who Legacy. She played Doctor Who Legacy. Do you know... How this... far are you now? She's further than me. Are you? In... How far into season five are you? What? Further than me. <laughs> well, you haven't started season five. No, I have. No, oh, you did finally, I did finally you did start, start season five. I think I'm like... What? Let's see. Uh, let's see. Come on, she, she 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 has I characters unlocked that the I don't beast have. Below the marketplace in season five. I think you're further than me. Yep. Well, I know I'm in the beast below somewhere. 
And I have 61 out of 99 companions. I only have wow. 50. <laughs> and I got a lot of mine through codes. Oh, yes. I'm about... Well, of course you're further. I'm about <laughs> 20-some... <laughs> Levels further ahead than that. Sorry. Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Glenn, I'm surprised is, you're not done with it already. Yeah, no. Well, I'll tell you what I did. I'm surprised I'm you're not with, into for Greyhound. I am done with. Oh, that. did you? you? Because I jumped over and did the special balance for thirty above teams because I just I wanted to play through it. I just I started. One, like I got hooked into for. it and I saw all of these wonderful characters that I could have, and so I went ahead and did it. Now I'll have to go back and play through again, because I, uh, from what I understand, is that all of this is at the end of Season 5 as well. Story-wise, so Hunt for Ground 1 comes after 5. Right, yes. right. So, but I did, go play, I did go through and play in the special section because I wanted a lot of those characters. Well, I, so I, I, I am done areas. with Hunt for Grand Health 1 of the special side that they released. Uh, as far as... TARDIS... Uh, companions, I have 81 of 99. <laughs> How many doctors do the two of you have? Uh, I have 11 of 16. I have, 11, I have 11 of 16. I have a theory on that. <laughs> you were going to get like... I, I wondered at first, are we going to get Shock a Doctor? And well, we get 12, for sure. Uh, well, we get 13, for sure. I think 13, that's what it is. Yeah, because there's now 13 of them, yeah, you get I think doctor. they had to put in another set of four spots. Yeah. Which is oh. why it's of 16. Well, and so that the holes sets them there. up for years to come. Right yeah. now, all I all I don't have are Tom and uh, Peter. Those are the only Which, uh, did, we, did we talk last week that they we finally get his clearance? They did finally get Tom's Tom clearance. Is oh, I wasn't go. aware of that. Yeah, so <gasps> he's not, there's no artwork yet. That's there's fine. No, I'm just, I'm just no glad that they, yet, cleared that they cleared it. That's it all of the doctors. And I guess I didn't think about oh. the fact that they had to get licensing rights to these people. Yeah, it just kind yeah, of blew yeah. over my well, head. Well, in fact, that's why we got a generic Vincent. And now we have Tony... Um, Tony Coran. That, that, that was part yeah. of that same article yeah. that I read that, and I didn't really think about it. I just like, well, they made Vincent look like Vincent. You know. Oh, I got Ace, <laughs> by the way. Um, through, the thing, through the thing, I just resubmitted oh, and got her through the contest. Oh, so, or, we we're, mis- we're misquoting. It's we're a giveaway. It's not, it's, not a, a it's not a contest. It is yeah, a giveaway. giveaway. Um, you didn't have to win anything. I have 59 out of 99. I have 51 of 99. He's only six or eight ahead of you. Yeah. I'm so He's far behind. Well, that's yeah, kind of like the comic convention. I can't too. help it. I, I, you know, and I've got. I feel bad because I've got comics stacking up that I need to read. But I'm like, <laughs> I can't read. I gotta play. <laughs> I've got so many people from season six. She's like, oh, do you use social? Like, what about this? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't unlocked them yet. Anybody she got the Tardis yet? No. no, no. Hunt for Greyhound one is really kind of anybody got me to do it because anybody I got, got stuck so much. The Whomobile yet? No. Nope. Anybody got? Bessie yet? I don't no. know Bessie either. That's why I was sitting there trying to drop earlier. I want, I want Bessie. Has anybody unlocked Old Canton yet? Yes, yes. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> anybody got Wilf? I got Wilf. I got Wilf. I don't have Wilf. Uh, I, I got I the. I got Tricy. The Triceratops. I patch one. I patch. Am I, am I spoiling things for you guys? How about Rory Bot? Anybody got Rory Bot? I, I still need that one. I'm playing these same levels in season six over and over and over again. I can't get these people to drop. And she's over here just. Man, I was so I was ecstatic when the TARDIS. When I when I saw that the TARDIS was this was weeks ago, but when I saw the TARDIS was one of them, I went. Oh, 
so I just kept playing and playing <laughs> and playing and playing and playing and finally got that TARDIS to drop. And then now I'm on that. I'm on that with Bessie. I'm like, okay, I'm just playing this one level until I get Bessie to drop. So well, I'm that's what to, I often did too. I'm trying to get everybody right now. I was currently on three stars and upgrading everybody to four stars. So does anybody have the Brigadier? <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, but in the whole scheme of things, I think that's pretty sad that I am being you, honey. <laughs> Still love you. Another new school started this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to. Wait, 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 there is actual Doctor Who Legacy news. Oh, there is Doctor. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not done here. Oh my gosh, I'm skipping away from Legacy news. This is like my favorite part of the podcast. What am More I doing? More than Hunt for Greyhound one. More than Hunt for Greyhound one. Yeah. What else am I behind on? <laughs> All for the next. I, I, I presume 13 weeks. They said for each, well, for every episode, yeah, for every episode we get new content from Series 8. Oh, that's right. I did So that. we'll likely get Capaldi. We'll likely get probably some Jenna costumes. We'll likely get um, maybe some new Daleks. Maybe, probably you know, Danny We Pink don't know. Maybe Danny up. Pink when he shows up. Um, I, I am, I, I am s- <laughs> giddy. Oh, giddy. Um, I'm like, I'm like a little fanboy here. I, I'm, I'm so impressed with Legacy, how how well this is going. I'm so happy that everybody has embraced this game and loves this game so much. And I love that the BBC is in tangent working with them and giving and, and, and Titan Comics, who, who they were able to manage and work out the two companions that we got with the first comics, um, getting uh, Capaldi this soon in the game. Um, getting Series 8 content. It's wonderful. That's it's a wonderful time for this company. Well, I'm so proud of Tiny Rebel Games and Seed Studio for, number one, creating such a fun and engaging game, and number two, from just every time I turn around, there's giveaways, there's code promotions, there's, they're on Twitch TV uh, with uh, the Adipose, uh, actually they're on Twitch with on the Adipose TV nearly weekly with him, yeah. giving updates and tips, and, and which by the way, if you don't watch uh, the Adipose on Twitch, you should if you're a Doctor Who uh, uh, legacy fan, because he's got a lot of great pointers that's really engaging, and if you watch during the live shows, they actually give out codes to the first thousand people, so you can actually get promo codes to get characters that maybe you haven't dropped yet, so... What, like old uh, old Canton? Maybe old Canton. <laughs> I, 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 I just applaud Tiny Rebel Games. And I, and I give Seed Studio credit, too, because I think they do their artwork. Um, I just applaud them for the, the, the tremendous effort they put into this game and, and connecting with fans and giving us the things we want. Yeah. I, I, thank you so much. I, I can't praise them more. Job. They do. Well, in the article that I read said the reason that They've gotten all of this new Series 8 content ready to go is because BBC has been so impressed with fan response to the game. Good, good. So the mm-hmm. fact that they've been able to kind of pull this over and go, ta-da. So what you're saying is we have a little bit we, to do We have that. a little bit Aww. to do with it. So and you and you listening have something to do yes. with this as well. So very cool. They, they are very ecstatic about it, and BBC is <clears throat> very ecstatic about it, and therefore... We're all the more ecstatic I'm about it. I'm sorry, I feel like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> you know who's not ecstatic about it? Me, because I don't have old Canton yet. <laughs> I'm Apparently, not playing enough. <laughs> you want me to play for you, honey? Yeah. Quit your job. Stop going to school and play the game. I only play on my lunch hours, and I'm beating him. Well, was was it? Uh, uh, Lee no, Cummings. Is, the con. <laughs> Lee Cummings. When you told him how much I had, how far I'd gotten, he said, 
God, that's like 800 hours of gameplay. Not 800, like 80 hours of gameplay. Then I then I felt bad and I backed off. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting a little obsessed. What's her name? Alice from the comic? I've got her leveled up to a 26 already. I mean, come on. I don't even are you using her? her? Yeah, I'm yeah. using her. The, the comic companions are awesome. Are they? Yes. I haven't even delved into them. Because she's I've got, the one that drops red, isn't she? Unfortunately, I've got some favorites. No, she's, uh, uh, pink to blue. Unfortunately, I've got some favorites, and I just tend to heavily use them. And especially when I'm advancing in between seasons, going back and I go back and, yeah. and replay and build people up. But when I'm advancing through things, I've got about five solid teams that I really like to play with that I can just interchange, especially now that we've got the perks system. Oh, I love the perk perks. system is wonderful. And I, at first, I thought it was a little bit of a pain to go in and reset my perks all the time. Now I'm finding so many advantages and benefits to it yeah. that it's just it's so secondhand. I just go, okay, I need this team, and I'll go in and I'll adjust my perks, and this is exactly what I need. I and keep switching it's, it's out so often really that I have to pay attention. Okay, what team do I have now? But so I make right. sure that <laughs> because if you I, got into a I, level I, and then it went, oh no, I oh, brought the wrong team. I got my rear end handed to me a couple times because I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> Wow, yes. that's not what I meant to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Oops, wrong team. Well, let's yep. see how far I can go. <laughs> not very far. Oh, that, that's more than what I think. It went up, doesn't it? Yeah. What does it do? What's the, 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 the Abby as you... Yeah, uh, she, she starts with like five. Drops yeah. in gems. Yeah, what color? color? I've got 12 red. on red. What color? Red. 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 Yeah. Okay. She's awesome. Well, Which is, I, I may need to advance her then because I've got ones that. Oh, oh man, she's well, good. She, she's wonderful for a couple different reasons because she. The, I, I didn't quite get how this worked because it's she drops in gems after the turn is over. Did you get it? Nope. Um, there's a thing in there's here a flying net. around. We got a nap flying around. And um, got it. so what happens is you, you you do your thing and you all your stuff and drops. Keith just did the monkey thing. All your stuff drops. But what drops is another rogue gem. So it's not necessarily that there's an after the turn. It's just after you're done moving, mm, right. whatever it, disappears, it that all drops in red. You. Okay. Or or up to that point. Right. Well, the uh, uh, fifth doctor drops in green. Right. It's okay. Up to so seven. So green same kind. I have to be honest. Don't hate me, Chrissy. I haven't played with five yeah, yet. I mean, oh, I've, I've been playing with five a lot lately because I've been doing some of the ones that have. Um, I'm very doing, heavy in blue, oh. and you really need those greens to knock them down. And, yeah. And, in fact, I'm I'm in the Byzantium levels in level uh, uh, in season five, I believe it is, and I'm having to really heavy stack green, but then kind of balance out enough so that I can heal as well. Yeah. So, but um, so just the fact that you could, because it, it, it it's it's this wonderful extra, especially if you have her on a red team because she throws red. Right. But if you have a red team that you get a lot of combos and you change things over to red, so you get all this stuff to go, and then boom, you get another wave of red that goes in there. It's yeah. really that extra little. Punch that you need to kind of. Um, I'm going to work on her because I've got. She some, is amazing. I've got some uh, green foes now that I need to battle against, and that's that's obviously their weakness is going to yeah. be green, uh, red. Red. So. Uh, so did that. we get excited again and wash over any other news? Or was it just the series eight? No, content? just the series. Okay, good. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of. I remembered that. So, if you're not a uh, subscriber to the newsletter, I highly recommend you do it. They send you one every Tuesday. Um, every it, Thursday. Thursday, sorry. It always has a, well, 
It usually has usually a has a promo code in there that you can get a character. So if you're not, if not, uh, if not a promo code in there, there's information on where you can go to to get a get promo code. A promo code yeah. Or yeah. and sometimes it directs them to, to uh, Adipose, and sometimes it directs them to uh, somebody that's holding. That's the other thing is if you go online now. When 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 Legacy first came out, and here I go again. And when Legacy first came out. I was I, w- I loved the game so much that I was trying to go everywhere to find information, tips and tricks and things like that, just things, you know, advice. Um, and th- it just wasn't a lot of it out there. And now there is. It's all over. They've got a wiki. They've got um, a lot of the game sites have strategy guides now, mm-hmm. uh, team building guides, which are wonderful. Um, Adipose was really the place I was having to go to all the time. Um, and he's still great, and I still I utilize a lot of things that, that he's he's put forth. Um, but you can go out there now, and you can find all this stuff. And it's encouraging to see when a newsletter comes down and say, hey, go get a promotion code from here, because now they've got somebody else on board that, that is promoting this game. And it's encouraging to see that uh, they've got a lot of people that really recognize that this is a phenomenal game, and it's it, they're on board with it, and they're helping out. I, I appreciate that. Okay, yeah, take, take I, me away from Dr. <laughs> Legacy. I, I can't wait for us to get pushing. our next batch of codes from them that we can hand out to people. Yay! Oh, did I let something slip? <laughs> You'll have to listen. Get Lee on the phone. <laughs> All right, well, it sounds like Keith's ready to move on. I'm going to play Our first bit of feedback comes from Dr. Phil. And it is an audio feedback, so let's give a listen. Dr. Phil here with some late feedback on Doctor Who and the Pirates. Now, going into this story, when I originally first heard it, I was not particularly excited when I'd heard that it was a musical. Not not, um, not excited in the least. I'm not a fan of American musicals. I'm not a fan of light opera operetta. I just do not like it at all. <laughs> and, I, and I do not go into depth on that, but anyway. Um, but... Um, the thing that, I, that surprised me a great deal is that's not really what this story is about. It's about storytelling. And I found that while the third episode um, does take it from, from the humorous or the serious back to the ridiculously humorous, is there's some great twists and turns in tone in this story. And I find that I listen to this story really for the last two minutes because... Um, Sometimes you don't always have a moral at the end of a story of Doctor Who. You look at the end of Genesis of the Daleks and you get a moral at the end of the story. You get a moral at the end of the Ark in Space. There are a lot of stories that do have great messages in them. But I love how personal the ending of this story is. And I think that I agree with with, with you guys that having the piratized Doctor Who theme at the very end kind of make sure you leave the story on a very optimistic note because it gets very dark and considering how fluffy all of the tone stuff at the beginning is when you really get to the seriousness of, of the fourth episode you really understand what Jasper really is like it's kind of sugar-coated at the beginning but you really see his true darkest nature then and I find that there's so many wonderful layers in this story to be enjoyed and I just adore Six and Evelyn and when you guys get to Project Lazarus and um, Arrangements for War which continue their story um, but also some great stuff there so anyway uh, just just a few thoughts and looking forward to everything you guys have coming up looking forward to uh, a new doctor I'm not one to kind of 
I don't know, calculate what it's going to be like. And I haven't read the leaked scripts. I haven't watched the leaked episodes. I, you know, I, um, I just want to enjoy it when I enjoy it. (laughs) And, um, although I will say that I usually try to hurry up and enjoy it right when it airs because I don't want to get spoiled after the fact. I remember, um, for Day of the Doctor, because I was in doing concerts in Southern Illinois, is that the only way I could watch Day of the Doctor when it aired in the UK was I had to get it through other means, watch it on my cell phone <laughs> before before the concert, and then I think I listened to the story like three times on the commute back up to Chicago, um, and then I watched it for real and then in the theater, because I didn't want to be spoiled by anyone online in any way. I just stayed away until after I'd seen it, so... I'm not a spoiler phobe, but I thought especially considering how special the Day of the Doctor was and how special it looks like Deep Breath will be, that I think it's that that it's 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 warranted, I guess. But anyway, rambling on. Anyway, keep the great work in the vortex. Hope everything goes well for you guys. Bye bye. All right. Well, thank you very much, Doctor. Thanks, Phil. And uh, I'll tell you know, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm surprised by your taste in music. <laughs> Your comments about Donald the Planet of the Apes soundtrack, I could let slide, but then the fact you're not a big fan of musicals, it surprises that me. That surprised me. Here's I the thing. I don't know why. I just assumed that Dr. Phil was a fan of musicals. Here's the thing that's funny is I think we've sort of overhyped him on Doctor Who and the Pirates because we've known that he's a fan of Doctor Who and the Pirates based on what he said and why. Yeah. But I think we've always alluded to the fact that, we well, it was because it was you're a musical, musical and, yeah. he, and this... Uh, particular audio as musical and so it, it it was interesting to hear and and after i listened to this now i think back to when i had uh, listened to one of his reviews back when he did i think he did when he did that special a uh, big finish uh, kind oh, of yeah. preview for us um he had sort of mentioned at that time i believe that he went into this a little you know trepidatious and then ended up becoming a fan of it and i kind of had forgotten that or that had gotten lost in the shuffle here and so i think we kind of overhyped <laughs> Phil, as far as, well, you know, of course he's going to like it because it's a musical, but it's interesting to get some of that uh, insight into the fact that, you know, he's really not a fan of musicals, American musicals, and but this one really did tickle his fancy and, and, and worked for him. So That's um, a valid point. Yeah. You know, I can't name a not one non-American musical. I can name a lot. Phantom of the Opera. Oh, is that uh, not American? Well, Andrew Lloyd Webber, that's British. Oh. Jesus Christ, Superstar. I didn't know he was British, obviously. <laughs> Tim Rice is British, too. I didn't know that. Okay, <laughs> oh, okay I'm sorry. I just assumed you knew that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, Avita. Well, Andrew Lloyd Webber just... Yeah. Okay, no. Avita, I could see Well, Webber's British, and I don't imagine he did a lot of these things that probably opened in West End. They probably opened Broadway, or maybe they did open West End and came Broadway, but... Um, he, I think he's more associated with Broadway and American Musical. Yeah. But American Musicals are the... Um, uh, Rent. Well, no, no, I'm going back to you know, like Sondheim and uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Oh, okay. And those, those are American Musicals. Oklahoma, sound, uh, Showboat, Sound of Music. Oh, okay. Those are okay. all American musicals, yeah. quote-unquote. Um, the musicals that came around in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, tended to come from... Uh, Influences from outside the United States, even though they became. Lately, <laughs> I thought of one. Uh, even though they 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 you know became 
critically acclaimed here in the United States and became fan favorites here, they didn't necessarily start from American roots as oh. some of the earlier musicals did. So I think, and I may be misspeaking here. Apparently, um, I didn't take the history but, but of those, those are those are those are <laughs> the, the the Sondheims, Gilbert and Sullivan. Those were all uh, American, quote unquote, American musicals. Huh. So. I had no Although idea. Sondheim wasn't technically; he was an immigrant as well. But, but if, is it if it's composed here and written here, is it American? I and think then, that's the idea, or, yeah. or, or, or even at the if very it's least was composed and opened here. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Opened here would make the most yeah. sense. But um, yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Webber is a British author. I have a British no idea. Huh? Songwriter, or he's not a songwriter, I guess. Which that. is weird because I'm not a big fan of his Rice song. is his songwriter, I believe, for the most part. So. All right. Don't look to me for confirmation. I can't, I, I, I can't back. Well, I'm, I'm probably overspeaking my knowledge of musicals you, you, you too. You two are the theater kids. So. I, you know, I, I absolutely love musical theater. I was too busy I, tweaking I, the lights and the sound. <laughs> I didn't know where it was coming from. I have always liked musical theater. Um, there are some that are real stinkers, and there are some that are knocked oh. out of the ballpark. But. No, I won't go. No, oh, I love. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. I was no, in no, Oklahoma. No. I was Andrew Carnes in Oklahoma. I did sound for Oklahoma. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> One of my favorites is West Side Story. Maybe it's maybe That's it's just because I, I, and I, I mean no disrespect. Maybe it's just because I've sat through so many bad high school presentations <laughs> of Oklahoma. Well, well I, I did. I did I community theater. Watch, I can't even watch so. the movie. <laughs> Insult to injury was just can't do it. Saturday nights we've been doing a whole week of tech rehearsals of Oklahoma. I come home, my mom's watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get away from it. Uh, I, I like a lot, you know. Oh, Carousel. That's an oddball oh, one, but I like that Carousel. one. I Carousel's like good, too. Yeah. No, seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That's a fantastic that's a one. one. The Music Man is my, my... Music Man is in my top three films of all time. I, I can was, watch uh, The Music Man over and over and over and over again. I was Oliver Hicks in Music Man. I was... I, I never was a lead in a musical, ever. I was always that quirky or side part. You know, Oliver Hicks, one of the members of the school board and... Uh, um, uh, the quartet that he puts yeah. together, and I was Andrew Carnes, who was the father of, uh, um, oh, what's the girl that? Um, um, you would ask. <laughs> if I can't remember her name, it starts with an A. I think I've blocked most of I, that. <laughs> anyway, I was her father, and uh, you know, I was uh, 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 Officer Crumkey and and <laughs> West Side Stories. Always those like side characters that was you know. Well, you were too busy breakdancing. Well, that was probably. <laughs> you, well, here's the thing. I came, from, studied, you I came from a small enough department, a small enough town, where while I was doing uh, small parts in musicals, I was also running tech. So <laughs> I was I lived on both sides of the stage. You were because when I wasn't on, on when I wasn't on stage, I was running up to help with tech on the uh, on the opposite side of it. So that's where I started. Actually, was in tech and then moved into acting. But. Anyway, enough about that. We'll move on to more feedback. Thank you very much, Dr. Phil, for sending the audio feedback. It's good Definitely. to hear from you again. I'm glad you liked that on the And thanks for um, launching us into a uh, musical theater type. Tangent. Tangent, thank you. Up next is Chrissy. She writes, Human Nature Times Two. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, I have no idea when you're recording. I could, be, I could very well have missed it, but I guess you'll save it for next week or something. But just my two cents. Wait, good news, Chrissy. You got it in on time. Yay! But just my two cents on your human nation, human nature, human nation, human nation. <laughs> you read a different book than I did. <laughs> oh, oh God! No. Did I miss the homework? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, human nature comparison between the televised version and the novel. For my money, the novel is much more quirky than the TV version, but it's also more mature, if that makes more sense. The New Adventures novel range, as I understand, was written for people who were fans as kids, but then they grew up so the books were more, quote-unquote, adult, since there was no new Doctor Who on TV and kids weren't really watching the old stuff either. But also, the TV episode reflects the emotional episode, or uh, emotional nature of new series who. I never really felt like the novel was very emotionally charged, though that could just be me. Someone else could very well have been tearing up at certain parts. As for similarities, I love the focus on the companions. I've heard of Bernice Summerfield before, and I know people love her, but I've never really sought out any of her stories. But reading this makes me want to listen to her big finish range and read more novels with her in them. In fact, it would be neat to have a story where she and Martha interact in some way. Probably won't happen in official media, but there's probably fan fiction out there about it. The rest of the similarities are obvious. The same settings, similar characters, etc. Though the book version of Joan Redfern, I kept imagining she would have been played by Miriam Morgulies. That's Professor Sprout for the Harry Potter fans out there. That's all I've got this week. Other than oblig- obligatory griping about irresponsible tabloid journalism, but I repeat <laughs> myself and stupid BBC security leaks. But I'm... <laughs> which we addressed. <laughs> but I'm sure you boys have handled that well enough. I'll be back next week with Yay! New Doctor Who! Have a good one, everybody. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank Thanks, you, Chrissy. Chrissy. We'll get to our reviews on those two stories in just a moment. Next up is Holly. Holly. Sorry, I thought I was ready. There it is. Holly writes Human Nature and its TV counterpart. Hey guys, hard to believe that around this time last year we found out that Peter Capaldi would be our next Doctor and that now, finally, we are less than a week away from his full debut story. I'm so looking forward to it. Human Nature, the book. I have to say that I really enjoyed this. This is my first novel with Bernice Summerfield and I have to say that I really like her character. I may go and try to find some of the other novels that she's been in and I'm probably even going to look into some of her big finish adventures. The book moved along well, and I have to say that I like this family a little better than I do the one that's portrayed in the TV adaptation. Going back and watching the two-part TV adaptation, I have to say that I like them both equally, and I can see why they made the changes they did. There's no way that they could have done the surrounding of the school turning it into crystal on screen. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this topic. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. She brings up a couple points that I'm going to address. Both of them did, so... All right, well, let's move on to our reviews. Who's going to save us this time? April 1914. The inhabitants of Little Norfolk, town of Farningham, are enjoying an early summer, unaware that war is on the way. Amongst them is Dr. John Smith, a short middle-aged history teacher from Aberdeen. He's having a hard time with his new post as housemaster at Holton College, a school dedicated to producing military officers. Bernice Summerfield is enjoying her holiday in the town, getting over the terrible events that befell her in France. But she meets a future doctor, and things start getting get, start to get dangerous very quickly. With the doctor she knows gone, and only a suffragette and an elderly rake for, communi- for company, can Benny fight off a vicious alien attack? 
and will Dr. Smith be able to save the day? Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. Suffragette. Sorry, I was a little... Suffragette. Sorry. I was a little early. You want to redo it? No. Okay. <laughs> I think it was a solution. It's, it's not knocked out of the ballpark, but it was... It, it's, it's a it's solid emphatic, story. It's an emphatic dun-dun-dun. Um, I'm going to start off by saying, and, and, and <laughs> all week I've been pondering how I wanted to do this, but I'm going to just come out off the bat and say that every time that I, I read in media or or in message boards or fans talking about how human nature can't exist with human nature in the continuity, how Jubilee can't exist with Dalek in the continuity, how spare parts can't exist with Age of Steel and what was the other one? Uh, Rise of the Cybermen in continuity. I again fall down on this story as the exact same thing. This one, however, has the most weight in which there are conflicts. Whereas Spare Parts and Jubilee both can exist within themselves because there are enough differences. The, yeah. the, the main sticking points about this are the names in this. But honestly, the with the exceptions are... The characterizations are different. different. They're, 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 the, the, the location, the even to a point, is different. Because I got a very different impression of the school... In both of these stories, um, the headmaster plays a huge part in the book, where he has a very, very minute part in the, sto- in the uh, TV adaptation. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I imagine the father from the family as the headmaster. That it, that actor is kind of who I imagine. Yeah, as the I tell you, and the families are mounds and mounds oh. different. And I agree with Holly in the sense that I much prefer the family in the book because I think that the characters are explored much better. They're giving a lot more character. Um, And in fact, I absolutely loved the family in the televised version. When I first saw this, and the first several times I saw this, I still thoroughly loved the two parts of this story. Unfortunately, now that I've read the book, I don't like the television one as much as I used to. And I think it's because the, the, the book is able to really kind of develop that family and that it, they almost feel so whitewashed in the television mm-hmm. series now. They seem so uh, watered down. They seem so well, you don't simplistic. Really seem to get they don't have as much motivation. Of why they're hunting the doctor they don't, Exactly. They don't have as much characterization. Um, so I'm actually glad that I did this backwards because I think I could equally appreciate them. By because I think if I had seen this adaptation on TV, I'd have so so wanted so much from what we got in the novelization that uh, or the novel. I shouldn't say it's not a novelization, a novel um, that I would have been disappointed with what they it's did. It's interesting, and and Mel and I I mentioned this to her. The scarecrows are a very Oh yeah! Creepy, appropriate Doctor Who villain. They they are as they are a scary monster. Having now read the book, I feel their inclusion in this episode is so much waste of space because the family was so much more interesting and well, so much scarier and so much more diabolical and 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 threatening and a force to be two dealt more with. Family members in the book, yeah. But just the, the little girl with the balloon that latched onto people's faces and yeah. did horrible things. I mean, it was the so sun much... that never blinked. <laughs> there's so much more visualized. And I understand there's some of this you just simply can't do on television. That's exactly right. And that's where go. you have because to go with that being this. said, I actually like the inclusion of the scarecrows. 
because you had to add some sort of weight to the family in order to give them the 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 family in the book stands alone. Yeah. They are you, you you get the impression that they are a vow, very powerful clan that they are very strong. But in order to do that in a forty five uh, two forty five minute episodes for television, I don't think you could have brought the. In fact, I'm glad they did what they did because yeah. I don't think you could have brought this family and translated them into the television version of this as well as it's done in the book. So I actually appreciate it would have that. had to have been a Doctor Light episode. Yeah, or I yeah, appreciate the idea of doing the scarecrows. Now, the scarecrows to me are a lot less menacing now that I watch them because mm-hmm. the family in the book is so much more menacing. Yeah. And so I find myself with that 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 borderline longing for wanting to meld them both, yes. but realizing why the television version had to be so much substantially changed. The core story, the very basis of the story is still there. That and the names, and that's all that exists between the two. Really, it yeah, is. Really yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. There are um I think I think this is also a much better seventh doctor story than a tenth doctor story. I got that yes. impression yes. too. He did such a good job because you could see just Sylvester McCoy in the role doing of, these uh, things, and, saying the things and being that he so said. confused. He would play confused so well, I would think, in, if this were televised. Well, and part of that, I think, is because Sylvester frequently had that. He, he His doctor seemed to be kind of off a little bit on his own anyway. Yeah. You know, just, just mentally. That he yes. was he was always working something else out while mm-hmm. whatever else was happening, even if it was a, a gun battle so or Mr. whatever. So McCoy's doctor spent a lot of time in his own mind. Yeah, a little exactly. Absent-minded. A little absent-minded. And, and and so writing this particular character as having that absent mind, to, you know, and, and trying to recall things and doing all that stuff, it was such a perfect match. Watching David Tennant do it, eh, it's not that he was bad; it was just different, and and it just it, it wasn't nearly as believable. I think. Well, but it also doesn't happen until the end. That's no, where he true. really struggles with the, the, yeah, the and, questions. Yeah, and that's what's nice about the novel is it peppers it in right. A and you bit can more. do that with the seventh Doctor. You can't do that to the tenth Doctor. And that's the that's the, the the stark contrasting difference between the two is that the seventh Doctor in the novel is always kind of alluding back to and want, his mind is wandering on these things that he's seen but doesn't understand. Whereas for the good chunk of it's uh, just the television version, the Tenth Doctor is very grounded in what, and comfortable in what he's doing. Yeah. It's not until the question is brought forth later that he starts to question and becomes very lost in what's going on. And so it works so well for Ten to be that more um, secure, sure of himself. He is the head teacher. He has no questions. And he is very strict. And he is very... Um, uh, Forthcoming with the students as far as I mean, I believed he was a school teacher. Yeah. The the seventh doctor, when you look at it, you're like you're just you're really out of your element. But it works for the novel because oh, yeah. there's so much that's going on in his head, and he's not dealing with the transition of becoming human as well as the tenth doctor does in the televised story. And a part of that is, I, I think the, the the John Smith character in the book, you obviously were let in on it a little bit, but. Which I kind of think, uh, and maybe it's coming from a television background, but I kind of think the way that the book opened, I think they missed a trick. I think I would have rather just jumped in 
and then have this explained to me as we go, as opposed to getting that set up and then showing up and mm. addressing him as somebody different. Yeah. I, well, I, the, 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 the television does it much better. Yeah, the television yeah. does it much better. I, but the, the John Smith in the book is you very much get the sensation that it is a facade. It's a masquerade. It's a, that he, you, you, we know he's somebody else. He knows he's somebody else. He just won't admit it. The John Smith in the show is John Smith. And it's not until he's hit over the head with it that it becomes a matter of that. Now, having said that, I do think the episode sets up better. Even though we don't necessarily get an explanation why he's being chased, just the, the fact that they are being chased and that this isn't a way to Something hide. Something happens, and then we wake up from what presumes to be a dream. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the idea that I'm hiding from these people, and this is why. As opposed to in the book, it's eh, I thought I'd be human. I thought I'd yeah. try. Well, that. no, it, it's it's we still an issue of explanation. Yeah, later it's still an issue of hiding because he cannot let them have. His mind and his essence. We don't get that in the television uh, version, and but but fortunately, we don't have to because of just what you said. That there, it's it's just that issue of set up and hide, it's, and he just is John Smith. Yeah, he is, it's, it's he just, is that persona. It's just done better. Yeah. Um, although, again, I think I think the television story kind of suffers the same because we open with a Doctor Who sequence. Yeah. And then he wakes up, and it's all in a dream. But we, as fans, go, no, 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 this is not happening. <laughs> I think it, I think it would have been much more interesting if he just got up in the morning and went and did his thing. And then Martha came in, and he's telling her, "I've been having these extraordinary dreams where I think I'm a traveling space and time." And that's where your stinger is. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And then you start dolling out the information later. Sure. I think that's a little more interesting. But regardless, I, I think the setup is a little bit better in the in the in the show. I think the bulk of the story works better in the novel, but I think the ending. And this is a, a, a full credit to David Tennant's acting. He's so conflicted. He's so torn. He's so there is upset. There's a lot more emotional weight. There's, there's a lot more emotional yeah, weight yeah. to the way it ends versus the way the Seventh Doctor is written in the book with just, well, I'm going to turn back and well, woe is me, so be it. And, oh, I'm sorry, by the way, I can't love you anymore. The end. And you, you just, now, yeah. the, they rectified that with the very, very ending. Well, yes. <laughs> Which tore my heart But out. also, though, it's easier, in my mind... For the seventh Doctor to be like that, that's more in his than it is the yeah. tenth, and it's more like the tenth Doctor to do as he does in the televised version. Right. So, and both are both are I, I think amazing tributes to to Paul Cornell, who just <laughs> wrote the wheels off of this. Just, yeah. Just either way, you you look at it. I mean, they, they both got things that work for them and they've both got things that maybe don't but it's just all around it's a solid story and it's well put together and it's very emotional and i mean i'd forgotten i honestly i haven't watched this particular two-parter since i think the first run through oh is that right yeah oh, it just for whatever reason wasn't one that came back on my you don't tend to revisit season three as often which is weird because i really enjoy season three i really enjoy martha and i really i still to this yeah, think we, she we got know that your rap, your favorite is Daleks of Manhattan, and, and uh, <laughs> no, that's why he doesn't revisit <laughs> these very often. I might accidentally stumble across those two episodes. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I, we we talked about this. I think once upon a time that I think season three is is a weaker season when you stack it up compared to the others. But I think individually it has some of the strongest stories. Or maybe I've said that backwards. Maybe it's individually the stories are weaker, but there's a stronger season. No, overall. because this season no, I think blank. you were right the first way. Okay, I was right the first way. Yeah. 
Yeah, Link this is this one. Up. Yeah, but um, and we had to turn it off when we watched it because otherwise we we, right, kept we, we were going to get sucked into blank. So, but yeah. uh, I almost kept watching. I, I, By I, the way, I was there. I was there Friday night. Oh, were you? But you because I didn't have my computer, and it's, uh, it's it's really hard to keep keep up with the Twitter stream on my iPad. So I just uh, I kind of gave up and just watched. We weren't there. We were day behind on Saturday because we couldn't <laughs> figure out how to get the internet to work in the hotel. So, uh, but, uh, but otherwise, we tried. Um, One thing yeah. I, I really liked about the novel was the little nods to things, even if it's kind of in retrospect now. Um, the, the references to Ace. How <laughs> I wish she was here; she could blow that up. That was nice little references, and makes me wonder about her history with Ace. And then, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, speaking of the history, I think that's one of the things that we, we unfortunately are missing not having read anything prior to this because clearly there's a setup there as to something really tragic has happened before this. And I think that that also lend, would, would, would lend to the idea that the, the way that the doctor is set up where he's hiding but it's a convenience that he can become human yeah. because it's an escape. Whereas with the Tenth Doctor in the uh, televised version, it's a, the perfect disguise. Right. And so I think had we got more of the setup and read more of the Virgin Adventures before this, I think we would probably be more accepting for the why the reason why the Seventh Doctor wanted to escape being a Time Lord more, and ex- oh, I can be a human. As you were alluding to, whereas in the show, it's a, this is the perfect disguise. Right. So yeah. I think that had we gotten more of the lead up, we wouldn't feel, because I, I felt the same way as you expressed, that it feels more of a, oh, if this is a chance to be human. And But I get that because of uh, circumstances that happened prior to this, that's why that's more of a, a feasible device for, for the for and, the and, and apologies to you and Keith and any of our listeners who, who, who jumped in and read along with us on this, because when we put this on the schedule, I don't know about the rest of you, I did not know that Bernice Summerfield was in the book. And I think I may have misguided you, because it, when I had talked about this years ago, I hadn't read this yet. Well, I had started reading it, but I had forgotten I, I, for some reason, I had placed Ace in this by the time we got around to talking about this the first time, uh, eventually doing this. And I think it was when we reviewed uh, Human Nature and Family of Blood. And I think what I had done is placed the idea that it was Ace in there, forgetting that it had been Bernice. Yeah, because I actually started the first several chapters when the BBC advertised this on – or they, they actually put this out because as part of their um, licensing agreement because they are a – public entity, they could not put this sh- on television without offering the, new, the Virgin New Adventure novel for free to people because there's a conflict of television licensing there if you don't. And so, which is much more complicated than I'm explaining, but that's the, that's the, sim- <laughs> the, that's the simplistic of it. Yeah. And so I think I misguided you in the sense that I think I was saying, yeah, I think it's seven and ace because I couldn't remember it had been far enough removed that I had read the first few chapters. Well, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that I... The, the the I did not know that the Virgin New Adventures. I come from a different background. I come from Star Trek books, where it's we we we. Open. You can jump in anywhere. You can jump in anywhere. You open. There's a problem on Planet X that has to be solved by time frame Y, and by the time you get to Z, you're done. Because and the novels, the novels the were quo. very much in the same vein as the television series. 
Yes and no. I mean, yeah, the, the original series in particular, there didn't seem to be a bunch of, there, there wasn't a big arc from, from one to the other. Obviously, the storytelling has changed significantly over yes. the years. But the books are very cookie-cutter formula. And I just kind of assumed that the Doctor Who novels, because I've only read two of them, kind of fell into that thing. That but the two that I've read have been deeply set in this, oh, you really kind of needed need to know what was going on well, leading up to this and who these companions yeah. were and everything. It's like, oh man, I kind of wish we'd have done this in even, order. Even but. just kind of looking at the show itself, I, you would take that kind of assumption. Looking at Doctor Who, yeah. you sit down, you watch a story, you're pretty much good to go. You may need a little reference points of who the characters are, but not much. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the Doctor, and obviously it, it some of the on early the ones, the, yeah, you it, know. It depends on the era, but for the most part, you can sit down and watch a story, and you're fine without knowing what comes before or after. Right. So regardless, I, there were moments when I was reading it going, ah, I I'll tell screwed you, that up. <laughs> but with the exception of maybe the beginning, there's really... Beyond that, it, it is kind of a standalone story, which it I is. appreciated. And you don't have to, you can apologize to everybody. You don't have to apologize to me because what this has done and really I'm used is to number one <laughs> has gotten me completely, yeah, Keith Good Living is. What this has done has gotten me super excited now to go back and read The Missing Adventures because it's always seemed like a daunting task to me that there's so much of the new adventures out there. And so now I'm excited to go back from square one. And start from the beginning and start reading through these novels. And so it's energized my um, need or desire in order to go back and start reading these. Number two, what it did is it sufficiently introduced me to Bernie. I absolutely love this character, and I'm so excited to go back and learn about her, not I'm only in the Virgin New Adventures, from. Yeah. but to also go in and listen to her series independent of Doctor Who uh, in the uh, Big Finish ranges. Yeah. Um, that's one of the series that I've always, I, I've always looked towards. You know, Jago and Lightfoot and all of the like spinoff that were um, from the series, and been excited about those to see those, and especially anything in the main range and anything in the Companion Chronicles because they're so directly related. But Bernie's always been very removed for me because of the fact that I didn't start in the Virgin New Adventures, and and knowing that she's got her own range outside of the Doctor because that was the first ones they could license because it wasn't tied to Doctor mm-hmm. Who, and so they didn't have to get the BBC's blessing, essentially. And so I've always been very skittish about, well, you know, that's always been pushed way, way down the road in my mind that, oh, I'll get to the Bernie Summerfield stuff eventually. Now this has... Uh, energized my curiosity for that series now because I enjoyed her character so much in the book, and I from what interviews that I've 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 read and things that I've seen from um, uh, Lisa Barrowman who plays um, Bernice in the uh, Audio Adventures, the, she's really kind of what people think of. She played it so well in the series that that's what people think of when they read the new <laughs> the new adventures that she really tailored the role. And, of course, the writing came from a lot of people that came over from New Adventures, but she really tailored the role. So, to me, that's Bernie. And now I'm, it's energized my excitement to go listen to some of the Bernie Summerfield uh, stories as well, because I thoroughly enjoyed her character. Now, maybe an unfair question, since it's just a taste of Bernie's. A lot of, or maybe not even a lot, I've heard that there is a, a, a fairly strong, loud <laughs> contingent of fans that feel that River... Is pretty much just the television interpretation of Bernie's. Uh, I, I would need to read more. Okay. I, I have I have heard a lot of fans state that they felt that Stephen Moffat played very heavily off the influence of Bernie. 
having just read Human Nature, I see a lot of the thin similarities between the two, but I can really still distinguish the two di- the differences in the characters. I can as well. as well. I mean, this is my only experience with her as a character so far, but and, uh, as I was reading it, I could pick up shades. There are little echoes of, well, this is kind of similar, and this is kind of similar. And They're both alpha females. They're both archaeologists. Yeah. That's really that's, the, that's, the main similarity. That's the main thing. Um, I get the impression that Bernice is not quite as hard-nosed as River, just from the impression I got. I also get the impression that Bernice is maybe not as flippant, but has her own personality quirks that are are uniquely different from from River. So I, I don't see myself going back and comparing them so much when I go and delve into the, the Bernice. Summer It'll be an stuff. interesting question to revisit once we get a, a, we, a few should, more. We certainly should. Any other thoughts on uh, the- one of the other nice kind of retcon references I liked was the cr- cr- never cruel or cowardly reference in the book. Yeah, yeah. The fact that, yeah, that's always been part of it, but Paul Cornell realized it and put it to words before yeah. Day of the Doctor ever aired. Right. That just kind of reading that just I just, smacked it, me. I was like, wow. it did me too. It kind of washed over me like a. <gasps> What a moment and what a foreshadowing because this is something that exists outside of the universe uh, as far as the televised universe goes. And these words are in the novel. And and it's it's like Stephen Moffat read the novel and like, I really like that and I'm going to use that someday. And I think Stephen must have must have been in the wilderness. That's where his head was. for. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was. And and I think that that's what he's farmed a lot of ideas. I don't think he stole anything out now. Even River, um, but I think that's where he's borrowed a lot of his ideas is from these. And I think that's why he and Russell T. Davies both have have basically gone to the well of writers from the Virgin New Adventures because they knew they were some solid mm-hmm. story writers and they really had a good grasp of Doctor Who. Um, and that's what you look for. You look for somebody that can that can tell a good story well, and, and, the and these guys do. Absolutely. You know, knows so. the material. I uh, I really enjoyed. Well, I mean, there was a lot that I really enjoyed, but as I was, I was reading this, you, you talked about the, the little blurbs and the history. Did anybody else, when the doctor showed up at the cafe to talk to Bernie, it was 10, just automatically was right still... off the bat. It was David Tennant had showed up, and he was here, and then he's wearing white, and I went, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get that. You didn't get that at all? Oh, well, it was I'm, totally I... 10 for me until they let me in yeah. on the, the, that it wasn't him. I just, I don't know why. Hmm. And I, I, I read this and was like, there's no way this can be 10. Because he, he wasn't around at that time when the book came out. <laughs> they named him as 10. I, I, well, yeah. yeah. but that, I mean, That's why I thought David but, but Well, he was pretending to be a 10th yeah, version. Yeah. But just my, my brain on me went, insert module, you know, right there. I think there, maybe because Tennant. I came to this maybe so much longer ago knowing that this was... I mean, you guys have known all along this was a new adventure. You, uh, Virgin New Adventure. You guys have known all along this is a 7. But I think that I've been more familiar with this longer that maybe I didn't go there just because my mindset was there was no possible way that there could be a connection. So maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. and I, because you guys are kind of coming from the first, reverse, yeah. yeah. And well, so I, I think maybe that's why I'm more a thought of it as initially as they thought ahead that there could be a tenth incarnation. So I automatically plug David Tennant in that. That role. that's. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's what too, I yeah. went with more than that there could be a connection. It was just more of 10 oh, automatically oh, just, he, David he Tennant. Sounded, it was David Tennant reading these lines in my head. 
Well, it was very there. And then all of a sudden, it was, wait a minute, no, this isn't him, because they you know, let me in on the joke. Yeah. This isn't him, that this is a monster. I was like, ah, ah run away, Bernice, run away! <laughs> and I got really concerned. But for that moment, it was David Tennant yeah. in, his, yeah. in his skinny suit and his shoes and the whole bit. I'd, uh, sorry. I feel remiss not pointing out some of the weaknesses of the book because I think I've been praising this book because it was quite an enjoyable read and I liked it a lot. There's a lot to praise. It's <laughs> I'm going to get my, my, my Mary Whitehouse shoes on now. It's very <laughs> violent. Okay, it is very violent. And, and I think Chrissy addressed that. And I had read this before too. In fact, I, you, you know me. I've come a lot, especially in the Big Finish audio range. I've come a lot of times going, "This doesn't feel like Doctor Who. This doesn't feel like Doctor Who." I, I, I have done that. I threw up that defense, and I try not to because I, I want to appreciate creative storytelling. I want to appreciate thinking outside the box but fundamentally sometimes if something doesn't feel like doctor who it's really hard for me to get into the story knowing that going into this i had also read a lot of that that this was doctor who for kids that had grown up with doctor who and suddenly were in the age group of we were no longer kids anymore we need some serious storytelling and so i think i went into that with that perception but i still had the little defenses jump up just as you did that i felt like this was very violent this was very adult we had a lot of oh, sexual yes. themes. We had homosexuality as a, as, a, as a theme in this even that early on. Um, but the things that, that, that I thought were strange to me were there almost felt like there were filler characters. And by that I mean Alexander and Richard really felt like they were going to go somewhere with them, that they were going to be more important to the story than they were. And Richard turns out to be the epilogue piece, but... I felt like Alexander was just kind of there to give Benny somebody to bounce off of. I really felt like Richard was going to be some sort of revelation when he showed up because we were setting him up so much. That so many reference to him. Yeah. Nothing really happened, although the payoff is the epilogue. I give them that. And I think that's where Cornell was going with it. Because in the epilogue for or the, the future uh, for the televised story, it's Hutchison and, and uh, Tim. But in there, which it's, again, it's Tim and Richard makes and more sense. There. Yeah, yeah for, for, for what's set up. Well, um, I, I think what he was also trying to do was he needed to, he wanted to give Bernie a, a companion. He, I, I think that's what he did. And is. so then he wanted to give that companion depth, and that's where where he unfortunately was going with he, he that was the problem is I didn't feel like Alexander got enough depth. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was strange about this that I that I, I couldn't is. In the televised version of this, once the imminent threat is there, everybody takes it very serious. And from that point on, you still feel the gravity of what's going on throughout the entire rest of the story. In the book, once we realize what the gravity of the situation is here, we still seem to have these light, playful moments between Redfern and the Doctor, between Alexander and Bernie... With Tim, in the, the, who really has a lot of sidestepping in this in the book, which I thought was great. It worked yeah. really well for the book. Um, has a lot of sidestepping. But there's these moments when the school has just been destroyed. You think virtually everybody but, Sev, but Seven's crew that he got out is dead. And we're suddenly having some conversations, and I wish I could pinpoint one exactly, for example, but we seem to have these conversations that are a little more lighthearted than they should be. So it's like they're not in the gravity of the situation. When, when the, 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 the 
<laughs> the atomic cloud basically is just, <laughs> has just erupted and on the, the other side of, the of town. town. Just like, what's that? And, 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 and here we are, and it's like, was that them? Unless one of the students had a particularly successful day right. in, in the chemistry lab. It's yes. little things like that that felt like they were too, just a little it bit too It was just a light. little too flippant. It was an yeah. enjoyable line. It was a great line. Oh, it was line. a wonderful line. But, yeah. But yeah. Um, I felt the same way in some of that. Now, I did appreciate that Cornell had the... Uh, I can't remember what the guy's title was, but the the kind of the second in command guy that helps out the, the headmaster. Yeah, the bursar. Yeah, had the bursar bring another crew of kids out because suddenly then I was like, okay, this oh, isn't everybody. Dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then in fact to find out that Hutchison and um, why well, can't I remember the headmaster's name? The headmaster. When the headmaster came out, he was Stephen Fry to me. Every time I saw him, I saw Stephen Fry playing that character. Every single time I read that, it was Stephen Fry playing that character. And I thought, wonderful. Which is funny, because it should have been Alexander. That's <laughs> why I pictured as Alexander. You know I thought Fry. of as yeah, Alexander, yeah. and I can't remember the actor's name, but he was the um, second in... Uh, uh, I can't remember his name either, but in uh, Dirk Gentry. He was the... Uh, um, Oh yeah, the, okay. the blonde-headed guy. Yeah, that was, was Alexander to me in my hand until they started talking about the beard and everything. And I went, "Oh no, I got a not I got facial hair on him." But <laughs> no, he was a younger guy. That, and, that. But Steve, Stephen Fry was the headmaster to me, even though that's completely against type as the way Stephen Fry really is. Darren Boyd. Yeah, there you, there you go. go. I've seen Stephen Fry play that type of character though before, and so to me, that was Stephen Fry playing that part. Um, the one that really. Okay, we're see we got the machine gun out and we're doing this. And the one that really bothered me was when Tim comes to John Smith and is kind of explaining they beat me, they do this, they do this, and and John says, "Yeah, it's a part of life. Later, you'll get to yeah, beat up on that them." Too. Oh, that too. bothered me to but read that. But the payoff is so good. The payoff is good. The, the real the realization that he gave the wrong advice it, was it so. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it it it, it yeah. sat there like this little <laughs> kidney stone <laughs> all the way through the book up until that moment. And it was like, uh, okay, I'll let you off the hook on that one. But man, that was because it's 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 rough whenever even in a different guise, a different persona, in a different we still hear his voice, you still hear him. He's still the doctor. He still should do doctorly things. Yeah, and that wasn't it. <laughs> you know, that's another thing, though. I think that Cornell did right in this book is it, it made you doubt your doctor. That's yeah. what was yeah. really well done about this. Um, this is a little bit of a lighter thing, but one of the things that one of the the, the most brilliant surprises of this book was the fact that when uh, what was Bernie's first the friend that was the suffragette I can't remember her name she was eventually taken over by the family. Um, in fact, I think she's the same name of the character that she befriends that became his mother of mine in the in the series but I think so uh, oh, or in the uh, yeah TV series but <laughs> when she's looking for armaments when she's looking for defense for something to take the family on on her own and and the, the, the family has is chasing her and she takes her to the statue and the dynamite is underneath the statue and she put, she picks it up and she realizes it's gummy and my first thought was Lost, you know, we know. I learned from Lost that if it's got glycerin on the outside, it's volatile. I'm so I kept thinking, Sunday. Benny put it down, Benny I'm put it down. I'm gently put this down and, and walk away. And she did. And I thought, okay, wonderful. And so that's it. We're done with the dynamite. I thought, we got to go find something else. And it wasn't until the headmaster lures um, the one family member to that and it exploded. And it, it took me really seriously several pages to go, 
what on earth just happened? And then I went, dynamite! <laughs> what a perfectly planned surprise yeah. that was planted so early on in the novel and paid off at the end, and it was so well done. If there's a gun on the mantelpiece in Act <laughs> 2, it must be fired by Act 3. That's exactly right. And, and knowing that rule, it's, I, it was still surprised. I, was, I loved that. I will say, going back and watching the episode, the first, and I think we, I think I reviewed this pretty harshly. This part of it when we reviewed the episode, I did not like Tim. I did not like Tim's character. No, I did not. I did not like Tim taking the ball and running away with it and hiding in the closets and speaking to it and not giving it back in the book. In the in the show, but because he had the fob watch. Well, the fob watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, don't confuse the meant. probe, which to me was a cricket ball for some reason. Yes, yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. And the, was a the, ball. the fob watch, which were two different devices using the same idea. But but throughout those episodes, I'm screaming at my television, "Give it back to him! We can end all this right now!" Really didn't like Tim uh, anything about it. Second time through, having read the book and getting inside Tim's head a little bit, yeah, and getting some of the background and some of that information and knowing what's going on, watching the episode is like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm much I'm much cooler with that character and why what happened and how it laid out, and which isn't the the exact opposite me. of how we said the book made the the television elements of the television show much less enjoyable. But that was one of those flip sides. That's a flip it. side that one. Made yeah. That that moment in the television show that much more impactful. Just for, for some, Tim came across as this insufferable little snot the first time I saw this, yeah. and it was like, you just give it back, just give it back. Then all of the problems can be solved. And I looked at Mel and I said, you see, children ruin everything. If they just give it, <laughs> give it back, it wouldn't be any problem. I was yelling at that kid. And yeah, she she was not a fan either. But then this time around, it was like that wasn't as bad. Unfortunately, it does. It still doesn't serve the television series very well because you have to expect people to be different viewers as well. well that don't yeah. have the background of the yeah. novelization yeah. or the novel. Novel. It's not a novelization. Novel, not a novelization. It's a novel. A novel. Um, what was the other one? Um, the dome. I got to talk about the dome. Oh, the dome was such what a cool, cool idea. Wow. You know the first thing it reminded long before me of? Stephen King came along. You know what the first <laughs> thing it reminded me of? The heat dome that was that Azrael put over the town in the demons. Oh yeah, totally reminded me of that. Yeah. Totally different idea and concept, but still the same idea. I, I, that was. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but when that happened, wasn't there kind of a dropped line about a when, when the family was talking about doing it? Didn't they mention a heat ray dome or something like that? And he says, "But it would cause this." And he goes, "No, that's not what we want." And he says, "Well, what if that we did time?" Familiar. Uh, and I, I thought I remember them talking through different strategies. I don't remember that particular. I, 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 the way my brain interpreted it is that was a direct reference to the demons oh, and that yeah. particular. Every every <laughs> week, I managed to pull that the crash you me. just heard was Glenn it's reorganizing his oh, workstation. Our, our uh, <laughs> listeners have come to expect that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody at the home's going three, two, one. <laughs> there it was. Uh, but yeah, I just I totally thought that was what was it? But it was such a cool effect and well described and oh so yeah. well and it was. I struggled with the ideas that it, of it at first, and then they started exploring it more and more with the army and everything, and now totally on board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of uh, Lost in Space, the movie when they have the different yeah time bubbles yeah. set up within the yeah, and then. Um, the so I love that there's, there's, there's just that enough of a that difference, gap. a gap in time there, that when you transverse through it or touch it, 
it just really, really just <laughs> does weird things with your world. The one guy that he, the, the 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 was it a colonel or a sergeant or whatever that was in the outside. And he thought it was like a divine thing because of the fact that when he touched it, he went like into like some sort of weird astral, <laughs> weird astral body, and 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 saw pieces of the universe in the future that he just didn't understand. And so he just went, "Yeah, that's from God." <laughs> okay, I can see that. I can see where you got that from. Just brain done. Yeah. <laughs> and the the school turning to crystal. Mm. Mm. Glass. Totally imagine that. Such a cool, well-visualized description. The the boys that hit crystallized as well. Yeah, that was just... And and then them going through it, too. The idea of the dirty windows, that it didn't affect the the actual real glass window panes, and that you could see through the walls better than you could the windows. That was just... That's an effect I wish... They had managed to go on ahead and mm-hmm. for, for and, and, and that's kind of where, where, I, where I think the book falls like a, down a little bit. Uh, a classic who effect to me in a way. Yeah, it really did. I can imagine that better in the classic series than the new series. Did anybody completely. else? Well, because they would have used models <laughs> and it would have looked really good. Probably <laughs> they'd use CGI in the new one, and we'd gone. That's yeah, yeah. not quite exactly right. Did anybody else when they when they're describing school think unit headquarters? That's totally what that building looks like in their heads and the thing. You know the house, <laughs> just because it's always in the TV series. I always thought that is that what you meant in in the show in the in the, in the televised version of Human Nature. No, no, oh no, because okay. that reminds me of you. It, it doesn't in a the way, book. It didn't. So they, they, they've given me enough of an exterior shot of it early on in the episode that I didn't. Oh, it's not unit headquarters. Oh, okay, but in the book, just oh, there's this school and it's out here on the grounds. And there's well, it's, it's obviously Unit HQ because that's what it should look like. <laughs> so that's how my brain did that. I can maybe see that for the interiors, not the exterior. Where was this set? I forget. Uh, what was the town? I don't know, England. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's what, maybe it later became Unit after HQ. it turned to glass. I don't think so. Oh, well, they rebuilt there. <laughs> um, that's I think where the book falls down a little bit is because we still have this whole town to deal with, that we, we kind of set up this grand story and we have the army outside, we've got the dome and we've got all this other stuff and we've got the school, which is really where all the action's centered, but then you've got the woods and the families running the around tavern. there. You've got the tavern and the tunnel and the town. And Joan's house. And Joan's house. All of these kind of disparate elements that once, you, you mentioned, once the, the um, threat becomes real and kind of everybody is serious now, we're in trouble, the show takes that and drills it down into this fine point that this is where we're going to center everything right. and deal with the threat and boom we're we're you know we're, we're dealing with the business at hand and we're, it has to because we're talking about an to. hour and a half to half the television. the novel kind of has to we've got all these desperate elements out here that eventually i need to weave back together mm-hmm. to, yeah. to to because we've got so many characters with so many different points of view and it, and it's not that it was wrong to do it that way uh, obviously you had the space to tell the story so so knock yourself out with it but I think that's where it kind of loses maybe itself just a little bit in the narrative. Is that you start getting disjointed. Well, yes. Because disjointed you're, you're having to bounce around between each of the different characters. Because you've got, you still have Bernie and Alexander paired up. And then suddenly we bring Tim in. And then you've still got Joan and, and, and John, uh, John Smith paired up. And so you have to, you know, you see where, and then we go to the family because we've got to find out the family perspective, what they're doing at that point. Uh, then we bring back the headmaster, which just floored me. Because I'll tell you what. I love the change he I got. I hated that. Yeah. I hated yeah. that guy <laughs> right up until the change. But I went, wow. 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 
His, his world was rocked, and he learned from it. Yeah. <laughs> but he still had that core. He was still the same character, yeah. too. That's yeah. what's great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I couldn't decide if it was a matter of he is lost, learned from it, or learned from it, learned from I it. I think that's... The, I think that's I think that's the transition. Yeah. I think that's the transition. Is I think that yeah, he is he's lost, learned from it, and then he has learned from it. I because I mean, it, it's because there's nothing more admirable about that character when he won't leave the school when Bernie tries yeah. to take him away. Because I have to account for all of these kids, yeah. and I thought that's admirable. Well, and see, there's a part of me that th- the thought, okay, this is an admirable quality for this guy that he's trying to make amends because he's responsible for them. There's another part of me that's looking at this going, this is ludicrous. <laughs> You, sir, have gone bye bye because that's what that's because, the impression you get. You know, point. so it wasn't up until the but end. Bernie that I, indulges him. Uh, yeah, which, and cool. which was ben, which was a ben. great, a great character ben. moment for her. Yeah, that was that was so cool. Yeah. Um, was, there was moments in this. A book. lot of great moments in the book. There was one other one that I wanted to touch on. Now, for the life of me, I don't remember what it was. Oh, sorry, I probably distracted you. No, that's all right. There was a slight personal victory when they mentioned Bodica. Oh, who yeah. that was. Right, right. <laughs> because right. otherwise I wouldn't have. Yay! <laughs> we did that one we right. We did that Sean. one right. I, I had the same moment of, oh, I know this story! I'll tell you, the, 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 <laughs> he was there! The elementals, when they. That whole. Uh, that was another thing that I had a hard time grasping. In fact, I went back and read it again because the whole transitioning, which was. Uh, which. Uh, family member was it that that was the one that he initially put the one that he essentially trapped and he handed over to death essentially at the end in that whole oh, yeah that whole kind of esoteric well and that's that's another thing that i feel like i fell down on scheduling this one because apparently death has obviously been a character yes. in these books yes with a capital d uh not just right. somebody died but death is an actual person right. who has a dealing with the doctor it and clearly is part of the elementals because is, that's, that's that's a reference point to it you know shown up am again am i saying that right is that, that's the elementals no what were the ones that were off the, the eternals the, the eternals, eternals that's what yeah. i was looking for yeah yeah or was it the eternals the eternals you're right no was it the same ones from enlightenment mm-hmm. uh well and well I, we, I can't talk about that yet <laughs> yes. Was it, was it Eternals? For all you know. Yeah, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it's the Eternals. Yeah. As long as we're all on the same page, as soon as we you know hit it. Yeah, yeah, then I realized that's right. Okay. I keep calling them elementals, but they're the Eternals. Um, that still doesn't sound right for some reason. But anyway, as long as we're all on the same page. Uh, but just, I, I felt bad that it was like, oh, there's apparently a whole backstory with death. Like, there was that small point that I was lost. So I, I, I again, I can be forgiving because now I'm intrigued to go back and find out what that meant. Well, there was a part of me that was like, when did I get into a Terry Pratchett novel? <laughs> that's what it felt like. That's exactly what it felt like. And why doesn't death speak in capital letters? Because that's mm-hmm. totally the way yeah, death should yeah. speak. Or um, uh, who was that other author that I used to read that did the, the story with, uh, that that was the main character was death, and I can't remember what his name was, but wrote that. Anyway. Yeah, I so yeah, it was a little little there. Um the cat. What was the cat's <laughs> name? Uh, obviously the owls had something to do with death and the elementals too that it, yeah. it didn't yeah. or uh, Eternals that I didn't cotton on to either because I would have had I got the backstory. Uh, what was the cat's name? Mr. something, right? Whatever the cat's name was. Was there a greater moment 
in the book than when we're describing the interior of the TARDIS from the cat's perspective. Oh, yes. on top of the... And yes. he's yeah. perched on top because of the time warm. rotor, <laughs> and it's warm, and he's riding up and down, yeah. and lulled to sleep. It's yes. not an annoyance thing. It's a, yeah, I can deal with this. And that they've already shown him the room that's got... Apparently, there's a whole room in the TARDIS that's got there's a big a giant litter box, and, you know... He, well, because the Doctor had a cat, obviously, before... Well, he had... Um, um, Airman's, Airman's Airman's cat. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had to make allowances, but just, just just the idea that the cat was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> just and the illustration that was there at the end, which was the first time I associated the eight steampunk console with oh, the seventh well, doctor. It, there, there I was were, like, well, obviously this had to lead up to that. You there, know? there were the illustrations of him with the hair that was very much from the movie. Yeah. An outfit that looked very he, much from the movie. Exactly yeah. right. He had the much longer hair. But I still, that's just, that's just a costume. That doesn't, you know. What well, was the hair for me? It's more the than hair. I, I would agree with Keith. Looking at him in the, in the pictures, that was the neat thing. Is it had a few pictures in there, too. Looking at him in the pictures, that's immediately where I went to was just prior to uh, his transformation, the look that he had at that point. So, Which works because it's past Ace, but it's right, yeah. pre yeah. Uh, the regeneration. So, yeah, timeline lies. It, it totally yeah. made sense. But, yeah, just for, for whatever reason, that was the first. Okay, now I can definitively, in my head, this, yeah, this is when this happens, yeah. you know. And it was such a heartbreaking image with him standing at the console you know, and, and crying, and the cat's just up and down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good ending. It was a good ending. Now. Powerful. I do f- think that the family got off easy in the book. Oh yeah, yeah compared yeah. to I like the way well, Ten dispatched them. At in least the half of them died in the book. Well, well yeah, getting yeah. off. Two thirds of them died in the book. But I like the but here's theory the thing of the is, Time Lord bit in the yeah. It, it's, that, that was that, less impactful good. for me too, though, coming from the book because really because the family was so vicious and what it was doing it. To me, they deserved death. Most of them deserved oh, death. Oh, you think maybe it was overkill in the series? And so then, yeah, when I went back to the uh, series, I felt like the family was so whitewashed that I thought, God, that's just a little harsh. <laughs> that's a little, because I agreed. That was one of my favorite moments in Doctor Who is the end of that. But then yeah. this time, yeah, it felt a little overkill for me this time. So I thought, okay, the book may have soured that for me. A bit. I, I can see that a little bit. Sully did anyway. It works well for the tenth Doctor, though. It does to be because harsh he's like that, mm-hmm. but kind in the same way of not killing them, right, but letting right. them live. Yeah, it's passive aggression. <laughs> really, yes. <laughs> he's sorry. He's so sorry. We tried so hard to live forever, uh, and he made it possible. All right, Sean. Do you have the schedule ready? Because um, I think we pretty much know what we're reviewing next week. So. <laughs> Well, do we know what we're watching? For we're, 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 we're watching uh, uh, which one? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Keith's favorite episode of all time, the one where Matt Smith leaves. Black Orc. Oh. <laughs> we're watching Time of the Doctor for Friday Night Who on Friday. It is time. Well, I know we're not watching Legopolis because my doctor hasn't left yet in our reviews. Nope. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, so, Time of the Doctor for Friday, and then at some point in time over the weekend, we'll all be watching Deep Breath, and then we'll be reviewing Nothing But Deep Breath. Which occurred to me that I won't be watching Doctor Who on Saturday until after midnight. <gasps> My daughter 
for her birthday, she for, went a party. So we told her that she was allowed to take one friend to World of Fun. And so I'm taking her and her friend to World of Fun in Kansas City on Saturday, which was going to be a blast in itself. But it's a little bittersweet because I won't be watching Doctor Who at 7 o'clock when I usually do. I'll I be hope watching you start it. feeling better to walk around with Well, that's what I'm concerned about as well. But um, So, yeah, it's it's a little bittersweet. But I will be seeing it sometime overnight Saturday. So. We were thinking of doing a, 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 a get-together thing kind of Saturday, and maybe we could have treats. And I have an idea for making a little marshmallow adipose <laughs> s'mores. <laughs> So it'll be you know a fat marshmallow with some little faces and stuff drawn on it, little arms and, and legs. Then you scratch and then you scratch <laughs> Why not? Um, but yeah, there's that. And then uh, I will get the rest of the schedule posted. Assuming I don't have to go back to work, uh, I will get the rest of the schedule posted for what we pres- now that they've. I will take the bullets right. and <laughs> investigate just enough to make sure that we well, get something and, fun. Paired and we up don't with certainly it. want to tip the hand to spoilers either, so that. Uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be very careful. In fact, maybe we shouldn't schedule out too far. Although we do want people to know. Yeah. I suppose if you put them on the schedule, you still aren't going to spoil I'm anything not spoiling anything because it's, it, it's certainly the, the things we're watching for Friday who are things that people are already familiar with. So. Right, and and just to reiterate, I thought we talked about this last time, but just in case that we didn't, for the next X number of weeks, however long season eight runs, I think thirteen. It's 13 yeah. uh, the Friday night who's that we will be watching are all things that have already been reviewed on this show, so it's all reruns. Now, unfortunately, a couple of them, just in order to get that fun little, hey, this might tie in with this week's episode based on this little piece of information that we gleaned from this one website. Uh, it, maybe a slight similarity. They're, they're, yeah, or you know, for whatever reason, we're we're hoping that this will. Let's not use tie-in. Let's use slight similarity. <laughs> slight I like that, Keith. Good choice of words. We're hoping for some serendipity. Yes, uh, as, as we, we do. Wink and tuck your head to the. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, for, for these reasons, some of these episodes may be on moratorium. They may not be available, readily available on DVD. Um, so you may have to go to some alternative means, Netflix or uh, Hulu or... Or hopefully you bought them the first time around. And you or, still or, have, yeah. or, or one of those types of uh, things in order to join us for those. So hopefully yeah. it won't be too big of an ordeal for you, but I will get that posted this week. Um, and then... Uh, oh, uh, the books... For right now, going into season eight, because we've been doing obviously the seventh Doctor, we had a seventh Doctor month again where we did this, and the, we've been reading the. We just did eighth Doctor. We just did the eighth Doctor, um, so those are kind of on hold as, as well. And then we will play catch up on those on the back end, so you oh, kind okay. of uh, right. don't feel like you have to. I don't think we planned on doing those, did we? I, don't I think we only thought that the ninth Doctor was going to fall in there and really muck things up. I thought we thought we might get to the tenth Doctor quickly. So if we just maybe wedge those two together, that might be the way to go. Just do an eight and nine right to back to back after we're done with after series okay eight. okay. So yeah, we are waiting till after series so. eight. Okay, just wanted to clarify that for anybody who's you know so that you don't have any big finish now. We, we, we will be squarely into October by the time the season. Ends. Did you say Walktober? Walktober. 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 So we'll just, we'll just do uh, episode seven should air October fourth. That's so, why I, I thought we we thought we would definitely so have to we'll move be nine, past, scoot ten just slightly. We're gonna have to scoot ten into eleven. We might need to do all three. Yeah, that's at true. Once. We'll figure well, something out. Well, maybe by out, then we'll get the two. We'll have when does the twelfth one come I don't out? Remember. It should come out in November, in October, November. I think so. we were excited by that. So, but anyway, we'll get back to them at some point. We're not abandoning them. Actually, it makes gonna... sense to come out in December. 
12 months. It does. But it's not. No. <laughs> if it were last year, it would have. Yeah. Anyway, so we're not abandoning them. We will get back to the ebooks um, and some other things, but it's going to be pretty much all Series 8 from this point out. So join us for that. All right. Well, be sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook. Oh, you um, want to mention Lisa? And- yes, absolutely. I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> I'm Sorry, there. I didn't know no, you that's had okay. that planned. I, I, I was trying to work into this. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, uh, the website. Obviously, all of that's on feedback. And our... Patreon. I, I almost say, I want to say Patronus. It's our Patronus. It <laughs> sounds way cooler when you say it yeah, that way. Yeah, sorry. Uh, which Sean has a little bit of information on that. Uh, we want to extend a very uh, hearty, pleased thank you uh, to Lisa, who has become our first um, subscriber, mm-hmm. donor. And uh, Lisa, thank you very much uh, for your donation and uh, for your subscription. And we will figure something out that we will send to you as a, an exclusive, hey, you're first, you're number one, you're going to get this, um, and then we'll come up with something else later. Uh, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on that. But, uh, again, thank you very much. And if you are listening to this, thank you. We would very much appreciate your support. Go check out our uh, our uh, Patreon page, and you can become a donor and uh, kind of help support, keep us on the air since and, and keep websites on, expensive. Keep in mind you can still buy things through our uh, Traveling Vortex uh, Amazon store. Um, if you're looking for um, Doctor Who stuff, if you go through our portal through our website, twenty uh, percent of that, or twenty percent of a certain percentage amount of that that I money of your purchase, no, it's not. <laughs> a, a percentage of, of the money that you spend on Amazon through our portal um, actually comes back to us to help us support this show. So um, there's that. Also, Gimmick Tees has a, a link on our website. Um, if you just will click through that and look at the tees. Um, if you find something there you want to buy, also a percentage of that goes to uh, Traveling Vortex as well. So we'd appreciate some help. And you get something for that. Yeah. A little more substantial than just our voices. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with our voices. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we finish up here? Yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. I'm You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.